Hello, listeners. It's this is the sultry, dulcet tones of Max Peterson. Um, okay, we need a little bit of uh, top matter for this episode. You're about to listen to five people talk their way through Hostel Two. However. I don't have five microphones, so uh, when John and Casey came to visit from New York, uh, we screened Hostel 2, we had a blast, we hit the table, and John recorded his track separately onto his uh, onto his laptop. He has a he has the basically the same setup I do. It's he's got his his mixer, his, his levels are all great. The only problem is we've tried this before in the past with other podcasts. If you've listened to Chatman and Robin or Rocket Talk, some of the older podcasts that I've worked on. I've lost episodes to exactly the problem that we ran into with this one. Um, my recording station and John's recording station recorded. We sent we sunk up the audio at the beginning, but over the course of the two hour and fifty minute episode that this originally was, John's recording rate was slightly faster than mine. So over the course of, as you can imagine, three hours, a couple milliseconds per minute by the end of the episode is quite a big difference in in uh the the timing of the of the two tracks so the audio eventually went out of sync so badly that it just sounded like like an echoing reverberating cave it it was basically unlistenable so this is why this episode is late i have spent four days chopping and retiming the two individual tracks to salvage as much of this episode as i possibly could i managed to save two hours and four minutes we lost about 40 minutes, and then I managed to save their uh, their plugs at the end. But the the chunk that there was a chunk that was so badly out of phase, I was unable to save it. Let me reassure you: having listened to that while trying to while trying to salvage the audio, the 40 minutes that are missing from this episode are mostly recaps of things that we talked about earlier in the episode and just five friends hanging out chatting. We spent a lot of time just chatting with John and Casey about New York and how good it is to see them. Um, it was fun for us. It was a great hangout, but it you know it's not necessarily germane to the film that we're talking about. So let, let me reassure you, you didn't actually miss much like salient information. You missed a, a bunch of friends hanging out and getting drunk and recapping some of the stuff that we talked about. Honestly, it's 40 minutes that we could have cut anyway, so you're not missing that much. Um, the, the little bit at the end where John's talking about uh, the, the girl trying to escape basically just segues into the amazing Icelandic vodka that he brought over and <laughs> how awesome it is to day drink and watch Hostel 2. So that's all you're missing. We're, you know, uh, in the future, we're going to try and figure out how to make these five-person episodes work. We might get a bigger, uh, a bigger uh, mixer so that I can have more channels. Maybe we'll bump up to eight channels at some season in the future. But for now, this episode is an unfortunate casualty of some technical difficulties. I just wanted to reassure you all that you're actually not... We, while we did lose quite a bit of episode, you're not really missing much. So with that said, it was an amazing conversation. You are going to hear the audio fall a little out of phase from time to time. I did the absolute best I could. Uh, painstakingly retiming the tracks, but there's only so much you can do, um, even with a program like Reaper. So uh, I think that the whole episode is totally listenable. There will be some audio issues, but the conversation's really fun. It was great having John and Casey here. Um, so without any further ado, now that you are forewarned and forearmed, enjoy our conversation of Hostel 2. Hello, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Bird. And I'm Max Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. 
that she she was she was so different from you. I was waiting for my cue and it never came. I was looking at you. I know. You weren't looking at me. I, you Frank zapped it and I fucked it all the way up. Take us in again and I'm ready now. Hello. And I'm Max Peters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Salem's lot, your ass. <laughs> Take us Yikes. Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut. Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in. We're measuring Welcome to Measuring Flex. I'm Bird. And I'm Max Peterson. And today we are joined by many, many special guests. It's a very special episode of Measuring Flex. Yes, we have Carl, of course. Hello, I'm Carl Hartley. Carl, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're you know, honestly, anytime. Thanks, man. For hundreds of times for two years now. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I feel like there should be a drum roll. But you know what? It's really loud on the mics. It's fine. I'm okay with it. We are officially joined in the studio today for the first time ever. Special crossover episode with some of us. Wow. We have in the studio... Casey and John Scheibe. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. I like that. We came in like my favorite writer. Hey. Today we're talking about dead people. All right. How dead people? I mean, we are. We, we, are, we legitimately but we are. But we are, though. We are. We, are, we have in the studio. This is legitimately a dream come fucking true for me. We have John you. and Casey Scheibe in studio. Find Our, an air horn. I'm glad we don't have an air horn, actually. Listeners are probably glad we don't have an air horn. There'd be a shitload of like, hey, it would be a goofier show. What'd you guys think of John Wick? I thought it was pretty amazing. I spit on your. So we need an air horn and a slide whistle. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the rape and straw dogs? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, guys, no. thank you so. They're here on vacation because, for whatever reason, they seem to like Bird and I like a bit. <laughs> so they come. You think? I think the important thing is that we just like New York less. Fair That's enough. true. <laughs> it's not so much yeah, that a couple they. Episodes of some of us have been a little bit. Yikes! Um, so guys, what do you think? It's not, you've never been to Michigan before, so. <laughs> we didn't, we, we were, were born, born in. and raised in New York City. <laughs> never. spent decades of our lives here. <laughs> um, so by the way, Carl, so yes. this, what we're talking about today, and I'll let Bert introduce the film, but what we're talking about today is, uh, we're continuing our Valentine's Day series, letting, letting our, our wives, spouses our pick. spouses, our significant others, our lovers. There's a specific spouse missing today. Yes, there we're is. Missing. But there's a very Sad. good reason why. There is. Carl, tell, tell us why Daniele Hartelli is Daniele not in Daniele Hartelli got cast as Lipschitz in Chicago. I'm so sorry. she is one of the Merry Murder Wives. Stoa? Yes. Chicago. Which and is impressive, is but the fact that she's not here talking about this movie oh. with us today makes her kind of a piece of Lipschitz, if you know what I Yikes, y'all. <laughs> uh, we might get a slide with oh, You know no. what? I, I have a kazoo in the car. Let me go grab it real quick. 
Uh, no, so we are missing Danielle today, uh, but we're talking about Bird. Kind of saved your life. Of course. Honestly, having watched it, I'm kind of like, good. It's good that she got cast in this and didn't have to watch this. Uh, However, though, um, look, part of me. I think we hold her to it and make her watch it, right? But but as a we'll group... We'll have to hold her down and make her watch it, which uh, is going to yes. make it super awkward. I say the four of us get together and watch the flick, and whenever she tag, whenever she taps out, we tap out of the movie, and we go and watch Cool World again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bird, what are we talking Should about Should we tell today? him? Yeah. It's time. You, you know the format? 2007's Hostel 2, directed by Eli Roth. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Lauren German, Roger Bart, Heather Malarazzo. I cannot read your handwriting, yo. Starring uh, Lauren German, Roger Bart, Heather Malarazzo, Bijou Phillips, Richard Berge, Vera Jordanova, and Stanislav Yanevsky. Now. Which we'll talk about. Stanislav 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 Yanevsky. Okay, I'm sorry. Not Stanislav Yanevsky. Let me take a drink of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Cheers. Starring Stanislav Yanevsky. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's legit. Right? It has Yaga. to get lost in Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga. <laughs> no, that's actually that's in that's spoilers for season later. three. Yeah. Um. So I did not tell John and Casey what we would be watching until oh, the film had started. Yeah. I actually hid the DVD and the menu from both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Casey saw the menu but had like no idea. It's no what recognition. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it like pops up. It's like hostile too. There's like st- like screaming women. Casey's like, what's this movie about? I'm like, it's <laughs> you're gonna love it. Casey, just trust me. <laughs> Sit back. <laughs> they sh- they got off the plane. I picked them up, <laughs> took a nap, and we started hostile too. Like immediately. That's a great way to start your vacation. Guys, it's time to unwind. Let's relax. Everyone. Does everyone have a drink? Awesome. Hostile too. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is that not how you guys unwind? It's how I unwind. I mean, it was this morning. I got so I woke up. You watched this in the a. this morning, and I couldn't go back what? to sleep. So I'm like, well, guess I'm watching Hostile too now. <laughs> I should I probably draw these blinds in the living room so my television isn't like projecting bloody breasts out into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there I was with my headphones on watching Hostel 2 at about 4 in the morning is when the coffee finished. Do you want to know what I was doing at 4 in the morning? Not to derail us for a moment, but (laughs) my fucking dog. (laughs) Okay, here's what happened. So John and Casey are in the house, right? And we're in the house. (laughs) In the FZK. The friends are inside the house. So... My my fucking Trinity wakes up at about, about the time you woke up. That's actually probably why she woke up. She's like, my, I sense he's awake. My boyfriend's awake. <laughs> I wonder if he's thinking about me. <laughs> Dad, I have to go see my boyfriend. And I'm like, Carl will be here tomorrow. You can wait. No, she wakes. So she, tomorrow's today. <laughs> it's 3.30, Dad. Wake up. Carl's going to be here in t- 15 hours. It's time to get up. By the way, this is like the first day I haven't worked in eight days, so I'm like, I don't have to wake up at four. No, I actually had to wake up at three because my fucking dog woke me up. And she's doing the thing where she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, you're a liar. So she goes back to bed. She wakes me up at five o'clock. I'm like, again, you're going back to sleep because dad's sleeping in today. Or I'll kill you, tiny dog. Yes. 6.15 a.m. She's insistently scratching. I'm like, okay, maybe she's got like diarrhea or something. I will wake up. I'll take the dog out. I open the door. She beelines for John and Casey. My, they're sleeping in my office. They, she beelines for the door. And I'm like trying to be quiet because they're sleeping. So I'm like, scream whispers. No. 
bad dog, bad dog, bad dog. And she's, so she looks back at me like, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna, dad. You're such an <laughs> asshole. I, was, I have to go pee. I was just checking to make sure they weren't dead. I don't know. I wasn't even touching him. Yeah. Weird Russians in there bagging their shit in plastic wrap. Though. I was checking for terrorists. There's no terrorists in there, so we're fine. I'm going pissed now. Jesus Christ. I, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of this new voice Trinity has. Trinity <laughs> Cranky six a.m. Yeah, she hasn't had any coffee yet. (laughs) I let her out because she's Trinity. She legitimately managed to pee and poop. That dog can poop at any moment of a day. Have I ever pooped and peed at the same time? Probably, right? (laughs) It's usually yeah. When you're sick. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) When you've got when you've been drinking Corona and you've got the coronavirus all of a sudden. Oh no. No 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 no. Most, no. Why are you Most Googled term of twenty twenty does corona cause coronavirus. That's true. That's true. That's real. John Shadowfactoid, man. I let so I let the dog out. She pees, she poops. I, I let her back in. So here's what happened. I let her back in, I close the door, I turn off the light, I turn around, the dog is fucking gone. I'm like, poof, bitch, I know where she is. She's the office, isn't she? She's straight up in John and Casey's bed. I'm like, well, fuck. I guess that's where she's sleeping now. Yep. <laughs> so I go back to sleep. She so she straight up jailbreaked me. We got to snuggle, which is nice. We did. It was cool. We never it was get to snuggle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. So Bitch. <laughs> I love her. So before we get too deep into the episode, I want to do what we always do. What we've been doing with these films is, first, we'll start with you, Bird. First, we watch them. Yep. Yes. Step one. Yeah, we watch Carl. The then we go, we end, we finish the movie. Then we turn off the DVD player. How, how much how much detail okay, do you want here, Carl? <laughs> no. So with these, I Bird, this is your first pick of February. Mm-hmm. Why Hostel Two? Oh, um, I almost feel like it was a dare. <laughs> there was some pressure, wasn't there? We joked about it so much, and I was just like, "Okay, we're doing it." Gauntlet thrown. But yeah. why? But but. The dare came from. I think it from. was like a, a test for Danielle. I think kinda. so. Because she's yeah. like, I can, whatever you got, Bird, it's your choice. Whatever you it. can do. Whatever and I you was got. like, okay, bitch. Let's <laughs> go. Bird's like, cannibal holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle's like, oh, shit. Um, so, but you've seen this movie. A couple of times. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say. It's been a while since I saw it last. I'm going to say almost half a dozen, though, for sure. We used to watch this movie as a date night movie all the time. Which is horrible. Wow, but we're broken. A little. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, Eli Roth, I would watch Cabin Fever, Hostel, and Hostel Cap- 2, dude. like, a dude. ton. I'll talk about If Cap- you want the gloopy, crazy shit, mm-hmm. you want the Greg Nicotero effects, this is what you watch, man. This is the spin. By the way, did you catch the Eli Roth cameo in here? Yeah, he's a Futurama head in the <gasps> yes, closet. He yes. Oh my god, I'm so glad you spotted he, yeah, it. Yeah, totally Futurama in itself, man. Do you think, awesome. um, we were talking about this, do you think Quentin Tarantino's head is also in there? I think somewhere? so. There's a whole, there's a list of There's a lot of them. There. There's a lot of them. I think Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, uh, Eli Roth. Do you think, think Tom Savini made his own head? He probably did. He totally did, right? He's like, he, they, I mean, he saw the head that they mocked up, and he's like, uh, hold my beer. Yeah, did, like, all the effects on this, but Savini was his, like, mentor, so I don't... I By don't the way, they... like, uh, literal, like, audible applause for Nicotero's oh, fucking... Oh, oh my 
the gore in this movie is stomach churningly great. Oh, it's, it's so good. Dong, dong, dong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mega dong, spoiler. Dong, okay, so Bert has seen it a bunch of times. You're a big fan. Of course. Uh, so yeah. why not Hostel 1? Why Hostel 2? Um, this one is more fun. It's rompier. It's got the revengey, lady revengey thing. It's kind of weirdly like girl powery in a I don't know scary mm-hmm. spice. Kind of okay. <laughs> 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 scary spice. It's Powerpuff Girls if they. <clears throat> it's it's Powerpuff R-rated. Girls. Yeah. I don't know. X-rated. Like yeah. This is this is a pretty hectic movie. You've seen it. Oh yeah. I've seen it a bajillion times. Bird and I have made out during this film before. Uh, John has you've seen it as well, right? I saw it. I, I've seen it once before. And you, was your you're, you have a you have a specific circumstances under which you saw this movie for the first time, right? <laughs> this is correct. I've only seen this movie once before, and the first time I watched it, I was in high school. My sister, I think. At the later years of uh, middle school, and her and her friends were doing a sleepover in the basement of my house, and I walked downstairs, interested in acquiring a beverage of some kind to drink, and they were like, "Hey, you should sit down and watch the second half of this movie. It's called Hostel 2. And I was like, "Wonderful." It wasn't wonderful. Yeah, like a travel video on different hostels in Europe. We're watching and... Freddy Got Fingered. You sit down and you're like, man, Freddy Got Fingered's like darker than I remember. Hard. Oh my god, Freddy Got Fisted to Death. It looks like actually. Um, and Casey, you had never seen this movie I had never before. Even heard of them? Oh. Yeah, dude. Was she went. Too. She went in cold. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Can, can we get a, can we get a one word review? One. How about we Casey? give how about we give a one sentence review? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah sure. Okay, so Casey, what is your one sentence review of Hostel Two? It's the Saw movies where you don't actually have to think about a deep plot. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty yeah, fucking yeah. good. Yeah, man. <laughs> I kind of like it. Rompy Saw. Okay, it is a Lionsgate flick. It is. So yes. yeah. Well, we okay. Get the rusty. Twisted pictures kind of thing. When I when I hit when I hit play on this and and John was like, What what movie are we watching? I'm like, well just wait, you know, let's see if it gets as soon as the Lionsgate logo, I hear John go, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, I think I know what that's this is. Lion's, no, that must be the Lionsgate logo lets you know you're in for a good old time. One hundred percent. There is two Lionsgate logos and one of them is like, Oh, we're watching a fun Lionsgate movie, and the other one's like, Oh shit, someone's losing limbs in this. <laughs> right. it's, it's like yeah. a Someone is losing genitals before this film is done. <laughs> um, yeah, so Casey, you like you you legit like this? I huh? did like it. I I wasn't sure if you were. I I don't know that much about your movie watching habits. The joke actually is, anytime I ask you if you've seen something, the answer is no, even exactly. if it's something as simple as like Frozen Two. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know she's seen Frozen Two, but like, have you ever seen Forrest Gump? Yes, I had to watch it in social studies class. Okay, mm-hmm. so like Forrest, I knew Forrest Gump would problems. be safe, but basically any other film, Casey's like, I mean, I watched a YouTube video where they mentioned it one time, or <laughs> I don't know. I wrote those letters in my planner at some point. <laughs> so this is kind of a heavy movie to just drop on someone who doesn't watch horror movies. Yeah. And Casey, like, the whole time through... I stayed awake the whole time. That is a... The, the fact f- that she was even thinking about falling asleep during Hostel 2 shows you... Here's here's me and Casey's movie history. Oh, God. I got John and Casey over to the Park Street apartment pretty shortly after Bird and I got married, I think. And, I, and you know, uh, I was shooting Marlon at the time. John was in it. 
He's one of the actors in Marlin. So I was like, come on over. Let's watch. Let's watch some horror. Let's watch some movies. Mm. Let's let's get cinematic. I sit down and I put I'm like, I'm going to put on a movie that's going to blow their fucking minds. This film, ladies and gentlemen, is Pulp Fiction by Quentin Tarantino. I think Casey was asleep within like eight minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> she was all the way asleep. I was asleep. I fell asleep the first time I watched Pulp Fiction. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. How much heroin were you on? I was on the road at the time, so I was oh, okay, like okay. four <laughs> hours. Of okay, but Casey, I think we talked after the movie. You're a fan of the Saw movies. The I am. Series, yeah. Really? See, I've been trying to get them to like. You like the Saw uh, movies uh, too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bird does not I like the Saw movies. It gets really fucking convoluted and weird, but <laughs> it gets weird the real fast. The yeah. only thing that matters. Okay. Saw three when motherfucker gets every limb on his body twisted off. To, oh my god! They, yeah, they, they are cash just, me in, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> special effects like reels, like like let me. Yes. Like, they're one upping yes. each other in yeah. the special effects world, and I fucking love that because we just get sit back and go, what are they gonna fucking do in this one? That's one of the. Th- How gross is it gonna get? One of the things I love most about oh, I love this one. Yes. Well, well, one of the things I love about all of the Hostel movies, in a weird way, I think Hostel one has more hostile one is dark it has yes it's mm-hmm. it's darker mm-hmm. in tone and it has more like visceral gore like when the drill comes out of the thigh you see My flesh spinning on the drill bit in hostile one upset after watching hostile one after watching this i'm like that movie was a fucking riot this movie is very very gory but in a weird way the gore in this is more atmospheric and it's less self-aware yeah of how fucking disgusting it is mm-hmm. So it's almost like a parody of the first one in a way. Like Eli Roth is saying, yes. Like doing it for spectacle. Doing it for spectacle. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it in a way where he's winking to us at the yes. same time. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Do we you know so? that? I think so. The, yeah. I think he's smart enough. This movie's utter, utterly brutal. Look, okay. You, oh, sure, you and I are yeah. being very cavalier about this, but we also just watched Ichi the Killer, Funny Games. And We're a, oh, we've been a little yeah. bit steeped in it, haven't we? We're working on our brain scab to get to Serbian films. Yeah, no so. shit, right? <laughs> It, it's working. Yeah, I'm bit by bit. a little bit of a callus. I watched Hustle too. I'm eating like Jets pizza during the scene where the dude's the eating dude's Crumb's leg. leg. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I'm oh, hungry. Shoot, that's what I want. Does anybody want more of the barbecue ranch? Because I'm, I gotta get a slice. <laughs> You're mixing mayonnaise and ketchup together. It's smart enough to let you really enjoy the movie, but it's not too smart where you get lost in plot. Yes. Because that's where I really yeah. get disengaged is when I can't follow the movie. That's mm-hmm. no one wants yeah. a plot. In yeah. This yeah. Kind of movie like wow. This. The, I, on the I'm gonna push back slightly. On the other hand, if you want plot, this movie is, I think, brilliantly written because it it subtly allows you to read in plot if you want. Absolutely. If you're if, simple but not overly simplistic. Mm-hmm. Abs- yes. Uh, What's really crazy we, is watching John Wick immediately following this because they're both like these weird like hidden okay. underworlds. And they're both like here was what I was thinking about, and this is gonna sound like a weird comparison, but we we've kind of like gotten ahead a little bit and started talking about season do we've been done some of the season oh, that's three right. episodes. Shit. So but that's okay. We can time travel a little because it's an interesting conversation. And one of the movies we watch in season three, spoilers, is uh, Jean-Pierre Melville's The Samurai, which is fucking genius. Yeah, I'm hearing it too. I don't it's know what it is. It's our neighbors, Oh, kids don't worry screaming. about it. So Le Samurai, we talked about it on that episode, spoilers again, is straightforward. It is simple but yes. allows for like almost infinite depth. This movie... It, I'm talking about Hostel 2, and I'm comparing it to the Samurai, and I think it deserves the comparison. If you want to go deep on these characters, you yeah, can. Absolutely. But if you want to just wait for 
for naked bodies or riotous gore. You can do that too. I think part of the fun of this film is also getting the the world building stuff. You're getting to see behind the curtain and see what's happening in this um, like organization, which is always super fun for me. This world building is what John Wick Two should have been. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. The pulling back of the curtain. Where it, it world builds so naturally, it feels very natural. It doesn't feel like now we're gonna sh- okay. Let's explain how their currency works. Like yeah, we don't a we don't too really, much. I don't yeah. need your thumbprint bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like and one of my favorite parts about the world building in this movie is when they get to the when when our two main characters Stu and um, let's just call him like Paul. Paul. It might be Stu Gary? and Paul actually. Let's call him Paul. Because you said that name, let's call him Gary. It's Todd. It's Todd. I just so Todd and Boots and Jeans. Is, it's Stewart, right? It's Todd and Stewart. <laughs> Todd and Stewart. Stewart yeah. So Todd and when we when Todd and Stu enter and they they start walking through Stew? the per- Stu. Stew. Well, <laughs> your BFF Stu. When Todd. Stu the eunuch. Toddathan and Stewart. <laughs> when Todd and Stu yeah. enter, like actually enter the the club. When when they're going through like picking their outfits, looking at what tools they want to have ready in the rooms, when they're doing all that, zero dialogue. Yep. Music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful. It's That's like a- nonverbal world building. That's actually fucking and that is an excellent choice for for a filmmaker. It was I agree. So fun and sort of like um that screen in a video game where you have the music for the video game playing yeah, and you're and picking like your weapons to put mm-hmm. in your. My note is the wind up with these two gents in this <laughs> shop of of blades shop of, shop of horrors, shop of horrors. <laughs> the music oh. is everything and they let it play okay. until it doesn't this is, and then we're in dude the, pe- it's fucking, it's, the it's moment the music beautiful. cuts out yeah the door the, slams the door slams it's wonderful yeah. I think that's brilliant yep. it is mm-hmm. it's totally genius I fucking yeah the soundtrack in this is fantastic and the editing is the editing in this movie is Top notch. You guys watch this Blu-ray Top DVD uh, We have a DVD. Okay. So we watched uh, even, our DVD so version. So yours are really great because even the HD like... Um, it's a titch. The, the a opening credits grainy. you can see a little yeah. bit of like the bits. But it's, I think it's... it's I, that was a great Almost thing going to its, back. It's, it's to its credit. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it has that old like... Like when we watched... Like uh, season kind of. one. Season one. When we spun uh, Truck Turner it was Blu-ray and that was great. But when we watched Black Caesar it was a fucking like janky DVD yep. and it was better because it was so shitty better. not that this movie shit, like shitty quality it's, <laughs> it's great but sometimes having some ragged edges makes especially with a movie like Hostel 2 kind of adds absolutely it, it, there's a little sousson of like you almost, dirt to it I can yeah. imagine the be kind rewind sticker on the fucking mm. box for this thing you know alright oh, so those are the days I know right. one oh. blockbuster left baby hang tough everyone <laughs> hang tough <laughs> blockbuster alright so before we get into the actual walking our way through this movie do you guys know the story behind hostel we've talked about it a little bit oh, we have we talked about it on a previous well, episode you know because yeah. i've told you a million times and, and you some know of those be- listeners may not have heard that john episode. and casey do you know the story behind eli roth and quentin tarantino doing hostel by the way we haven't mentioned that yet this is written oh, and directed yeah. by eli roth but it's they say presented by in this movie quentin tarantino in the first one he has an executive producer credit yeah. He Quentin Tarantino on Hostel One and Hostel Two took I think uh, I think they call it like a token payment. He took a one dollar payment and co-directed. 
and there's a reason why he did that. I didn't know before. I, I know that Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth worked very closely together to, to do these first two mm-hmm. movies, but there's a reason why. Do you guys know why? Do you know the story behind this? I don't know offhand. I'm assuming it's some kind of a union thing. Mm-mm. It's not. No? I didn't know about the movie until yesterday. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Casey literally saw the title of the movie, and she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, no, so here's the, here's the story behind Hostel, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's fucked up. So, so Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth were fucking around on the internet one day and they came, they stumbled across a website where you quote unquote stumbled across a website, which was the legitimately the club that's portrayed in Hostel. It was, you could bid on human lives and travel to, I think it's actually Slovakia. It's either Slovakia or Serbia, but the idea was you bought a person and went to Serbia and went to an exclusive club to torture and kill them. They fa- on the dark web. They were on the dark web and they found this thing that that they made two movies about. The initial idea behind Hostel was to do it as a documentary. They were going to try and raise money through. They were going to try and raise money and quote unquote buy somebody and go and shoot like expose this club. They looked into it a little bit deeper and got freaked the fuck out. And we're like, let's just make a fake movie about it instead. Because it was, it scared them. Mm-hmm. So the first time I ever watched Hostel, I knew that already. So that when I watched Hostel and Hostel 2, it, when I was a kid, it really fucked me up. Because they don't say it in the movie. They don't, they don't do the, like, based on true events. Right. But. It's real. It, yeah. This is. I mean, yeah. Human trafficking is a very real thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, you hear about course. human trafficking all the time. It's always, like, human sex trafficking and stuff. But there is. This- Stuff happens. This stuff happens. Oh, certainly. This exists, which is why in Hostel Two, I, I said it while we I said it while we were watching mm-hmm. it. The scariest, the scariest part of this movie at the is the beginning, the bidding war. Mm-hmm. The bidding war. I'm legitimately my skin is crawling right now thinking about that sequence, because that scene happened while Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth were on they found this website and it was in the middle of a bidding bidding war Mm -hmm. it was people around the rich rich assholes around the world bidding on human lives to go and take that's what fucks me up about hostile is it's based on something that exists and I, I think it's what were they doing on the dark webs? Well, that's what the, well, that's what they were doing is they were looking for shit to make movies about. Probably, you know? So they're let's like, just hop into this hostile website here, right, and yeah. which is which is terrifying. Yeah, was Hostile Eli Roth's first film? No, I think no. Cabin Fever, Cabin Fever was okay. one of his. I think if it's not his first film, it's very very, very early. Actually, fun fact. Sorry, not to derail us again, but I've been drinking vodka for like four hours it's now. It's all good, man. Um, uh, Cabin Fever, I think it's Cabin Fever 2, one of my favorite cinematographers ever, Elliot Rocket, was the cinematographer for one of the Cabin Fever movies, and it was edited to garbage. Mm. However, like you can see in the trailer, his work, anybody who's interested in the Cabin Fever franchise and Elliot Rocket should go and check out House of the Devil directed by Ty West he's the cinematographer oh, on that shit. flick it's, he's amazing dude he's dude. absolutely amazing and they can go to nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com and type my name into the search bar or type in House of the Devil and read an article I wrote about Elliot Rocket's cinematography it sounds like a plug but I'm it's into straight it. up it's a plug dude it's like the plug on our own show of course, that's what you do. I have a yeah. pla- we, have a we have a platform. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say words that make me g- not have to work jobs anymore. <laughs> all right, so, day jobs, day jobs. Mm-hmm. So now that we've got all of the the groundwork done, 
Let's dig into Hostel 2. Okay. Did I say Greg motherfucking Nicotero yet? Uh, I don't what? think you said it specifically that way, but Greg motherfucking Nicotero. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get a cat eating the severed head like uh, in the first it's... 10 minutes or Dude, a neck. Before, how about before even that? The no, oh, the no music opening credits, like fucking are Schindler's fucking List, fucking stunning. The second the credits started rolling, birds started taking notes. Oh I'd love God. to know what your notes are on. Yeah, those. yeah. Um, the opening title sequence is so beautiful. Is my first note. It's it's uh it's one of the oh my god it's it's crazy. Once you know the whole plot of Hostel, which is for those of you who don't know, really quick. It's an exclusive club in Slovakia run by really, 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 really upper crust rich people. The one percenters, I think, is what the kids are calling them <laughs> these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the half a half percenters. And the, yeah, the <laughs> half of a half of a percenters. Um, they t- take people, uh, tra- uh, international travelers, from a local hostel. In, uh, it's in Slovakia. Mm-hmm. And they bid. They they put their faces and... and uh, uh, like basic information nas- basic information yeah. out and yeah. rich people around the world bid on those people for the privilege of torturing and killing them in an exclusive club in a warehouse they happen to be americans in this movie but in, they i happen. feel like in they the don't first have film, to be. we find out that americans uh, are they actually get they get yeah they're the highest price because everyone in the world wants to kill americans which is kind of fucked up but <laughs> but like yikes jinkies hey what percenters we're not actually that great <laughs> the cast of measuring flicks we're is really sh- really <laughs> below bar yeah, we'd be boring we'd just be like we'd, we'd we wouldn't scream all that loud <laughs> be like oh my own blood doesn't look as good as nicotero's blood <laughs> It just really I take... thought it'd be like gloopier. Oh, <laughs> uh, this drill doesn't even look real coming out of my guts. Like there should be more skin on the bit. <laughs> but um. So holy shit, is that awesome though, right? Oh my god, uh, Carl, can I get a high five for Blade to the Face? Oh that shit god. was amazing. Accidental Blade to the Face. Accidental Blade to the Face. Oh my god. So oh god. that's the basic I have some <laughs> notes on that. <laughs> so that's the basic plot of the Hostile films. Um, the opening credits are like some dude. And what I love about the opening credits is this is this guy's job. Mm, yeah. It's some low grade henchy. Yep. There he's, he's, you see us, you see like jewelry. He's making a pile of jewelry on a table and he's putting, he's putting cash and credit cards onto a table. And then we hear roaring fire and he's mm-hmm. throwing wallet clothes Shoes, personal effects, all mm-hmm. going in. Non-valuable personal effects get thrown into a fire. Personal effects get sorted into categories on a table. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Hostel One, which Casey hadn't, like, Casey just no came in. He's like, "What the fuck is this all about?" And I'm like, "Don't worry, just keep watching." This is like this is akin to a Schindler's List moment, mm-hmm. which is really the dark. thing that got me was the ID. The ID. They like they very intentionally showed the ID to the camera, and it was legible from that point of view. And that was the thing that was like, Fuck. "This is a person." Yeah, you. Was you could tell was yes. <laughs> Keyword was. <laughs> that is one of the things about the hostile movie, the first two hostile movies, mm. which we'll watch three eventually. Which 
We don't have to talk I about it. I bought the multi-pack on Voodoo because it's on sale for like 16 for We all don't have to talk about Yikes, it at Carl. all right now. Eventually, we will have to talk about it for, let's say, 30 minutes. <laughs> but but what, what gets me about the first... The egg timer? <laughs> Once the egg timer dings, we're done. But like, what I love about the first two Hostel movies, and I look, don't get me wrong, I like the Saw movies too, but what I like about the Hostel flicks as opposed to the Saw franchise is Hostel, they're killing people. You really get a sense of people mm. in reality. Saw, well, we get, yeah, in I, Saw I you get. It's forty. It's almost forty-five minutes in before. It's exactly before, like Hostel One. Yeah. Hostel One is like one of the big complaints about Hostel One is it's boring because the first hour no one dies yeah, and then it's cold open. We get a death, but it's from the last movie. It's forty-five minutes later than right. our first. Right, movie. we're we're yeah, putting a bow exactly. on yeah. Hostel One exactly. so we can get into the plot of two. But, but yeah, it's four. It's, it's forty-five minutes, and I love that. Yeah, I me too. I love the structure in a weird way because you're doing the long walk with the King series mm-hmm. over on. Uh, are you doing it on CarlMichaelHartley.com? Thank you plugs all over the joint um but it in a way it reminds me of the way stephen king writes his novels where he gives you he will take the time to show you their dreams their hopes we hear one of our characters talking to her parents which is a brilliant bit of writing because it reminds us she has parents yeah Mm -hmm. they're all humanized Mm -hmm. and then they're caught Dude, yeah. that, that's the difference between this and Saw. There's a sense of humanity about yes. about this, and you know, if we're comparing things to the Saw series, and I feel like the the characters in Saw are like representations of different parts of people that yeah. people don't like, or yes. they just exist yeah. because of the nature of why they, that too. Why One of Saw kills them is mm-hmm. because they're these problematic people. Exactly. Part of the conceit of Saw, I think, is allows the viewer a little distance so that they can get into the kills. This person yeah. isn't like you. Right, right, right. Like, this is a drug addict. This is a person who, like, you know, yeah. um, you know, beats their wife right. or kids, and now he's being punished by Jigsaw. So you can, you can like a slasher, yeah. you can get into the deaths. These are nice people, especially our first victim. She's, like, the nicest, most That's, boring person yeah. ever fucking met. Yikes. She's not the sexy hot girl who goes and is like, no, so stupid. Exactly the opposite of that. I mean, that. she does that. Wild. But... Okay, look, I'm only saying this because Lorna's an actress who didn't actually get murdered, but I mean, she's got she's got like a really she's kind of hot, right? Like low key secret hot. Is it okay that I have a you nomination for best of the breast yes. when she's hanging upside down? I know, dude. I I have the same thought. Like she's. Yeah. I don't she's, know. No. She has really good breasts. I'm not qualified to make a best of breast <laughs> nomination here. <laughs> Carl and I podcast. We, we, it's our podcast. We don't have any breasts this season, so we, we got to pick and I'm choose I'm sorry, where they but. Are. This is our first dick, by the Lady way. Lady in the tub. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's two she's best Yeah. Breasts. I would do her. I would, I would pick. Would Lady. <laughs> 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 Look, I would do her. Right? Uh, post, <laughs> yeah, at, what, at what point in the in the kill would you do her, John? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say right before the second before she grabbed the scythe, man. Yeah. Oh no, like before the scythe or before the sickle, because this is an important distinction. I'm gonna say Yikes. I'm gonna say post scythe pre sickle. Yeah. I'm down. Like that's where I'm at. Let's post get scythe pre sickle. Post post pre-sickle. scythe pre sickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a popsicle. No, I gotta say, <laughs> there was a lot of sandwiches in this movie, oh, and yeah. I think my, there was. I, I know, in a horrible way, my sandwich is like Lorna and the woman who kills her. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! But the I like that, that I don't have a pen, so if, if we can't edit, if this anyone is the says point something the fucked <laughs> up, we're done. It's just, it's this is the point in the, the podcast when half of the half of the cast stays silent for about thirty seconds. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the other, how you know. Just, while the other half goes overboard. When everything, <laughs> when everything goes totally <laughs> quiet, <laughs> yeah, bird. When everything make goes, a time make a timestamp when no one's talking for ten seconds. <laughs> You'll have to tell me the time now, since what, yeah, you have it. I'll, I'll I'll give you an audible as Carl digs himself out of it, or me. I or mean, you. honestly, who knows? Um. So yeah, I love I love these opening the opening credits and the choice. We talked about the editing. I think it goes along with the editing. The sound design in this mm-hmm. is I have so many times. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. The ruffling of clothing, mm-hmm. dude. No. The scythe on her skin. Yes. Wild. Oh my god! I wanted to climb out of my skin. I have been waiting for this note to pop up. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to be further into this movie before this note popped up, but it's here. And yikes! I have some comments about Lots it. Of, no, <laughs> we talk about movies like people talk about movies. We don't go in a linear fashion. Yeah, we don't have to do it that way. ASMR. Dude, I didn't. I'm going into this, like sitting down and watching this movie here with half of the measuring, measuring flicks cast, I didn't know that this was going to disgust me to a point where I didn't think I was going to be able to watch the rest of it. It did. It's this cool. was the turning point for me. I didn't see this. The first time I watched this this movie was after this happened. Oh, sure. This was my oh. first time seeing this. The, the, mm. It was disgusting. It, re- mm. it made my skin crazy. I, I said it while we were watching it. I turned to John because Bird and I have seen it a bajillion times. She knows my thoughts on basically every beat of this movie, and I I, I couldn't I can never help myself. The the Lorna's death in the tub with the like Elizabeth Bathory lady and the scythe and the sickle and all and oh my god the, the dragging the the scythe down her yes. body the oh, I just shivered. It mm-hmm. it is it is a horrible scene. It truly is. It really is. At the same time, it is probably no lie, and it's it's. I'm not just saying it because we're talking about the movie. It is in my top ten most well executed scenes in any film ever. Lorna's death is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen put on film. It's absolutely horrible, but my god, it's perfect. The scene is perfect. It's 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 really good. If mm-hmm. there's if there if there was, was a, a measure, stylish, John, no, if kidding. there was. <laughs> If there was a Measuring Flicks nomination for Best Sound Effect. It's incredible. It yeah. would be the scythe dragging across her skin. And I will say, okay, so me watching movies, one thing that I pick apart is is the sound effects that happens that isn't recorded on site. The foley? The foley. Yeah. 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 And this is super foleyed. It this is. 100%. I how they did it. So and it's I. I. It's 100% like dried leather with a sharp blade dragged across it like you can tell they went they didn't just do some weird thing off brand that makes it sound like it's something that's celery. similar they're not right 100 percent. they're not twisting a vegetable here this, this is, isn't a pumpkin with a knife you know <laughs> this is human leather with a sharp object dragged across oh it one of, the, one of my favorite parts about this this particular scene is we see the the tip of oh a side. They did about sixty takes trying to get the fully exactly right on this, and it's so apparent. Can, it makes your skin crawl, man. It's and it. What I love, you boobies. Oh. <laughs> Carl's like, Carl, your titties. What are they doing? <laughs> Honestly, Carl should get a best of the breast for the sheer number of times that he grabs his himself while we talk. But like, I'm here. I'm gonna. I'll do it on my on my on my microphone cover because 
you can hear it. But yeah. like mm. one of my favorite things about the scythe on the on her back, yeah, yes, is do. there's moments where yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it with where that. It catches, yeah, it it's, bounces. It's, it comes it up, like her rolls get. It yes, the, it oh. skips over where it'll be steady for a second. And it'll. And then it. Oh. <laughs> 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 it goes off. Baby. It kind of sounds like it, right? But there's that moment where it, it kind of. Oh, yeah. And it and it and it it jumps. And he, what I love what I love about the scene is, it is that is the tip of a scythe on an actress's body, and it's in there, dude. They're not like I'm yeah. gonna go gentle. Like it, any every time I watch this scene, I don't understand how they didn't cut her. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like it looks like it looks like. I mean, I, obviously, yeah. you know, they're they're really not in, sure. being yeah, a union really production. Safety, there are safety measures blade. in place. Yeah, yes. it's Eli Roth is a is a responsible director. Although apparently, the Green Inferno got a little fucking hectic a couple oh, times, no. and a famous the like the lead actress who also has is like a famous singer almost drowned in a river. <laughs> but we can talk about that when we talk about the fucking Green Inferno, which we must watch for this show. Um, but dude, like. When you when the blade jumps, you know, because it'll, it'll like get it'll kind of get into her skin and form a bunch of skin, and then the skin will boop, go taut and it'll jump and catch another ch- chunk of skin, mm. and the foley perfectly matches. It's the scythe. wild. It it's unbelievable. Never breaks the skin though. So watching this scene I, in my head, I was going, "She's done this." A couple of times yeah. before Very she has skilled. such control. Whoever's over that. controlling the scythe, because I'm assuming it's not the actress who's I know, playing but the bathroom I mean, lady. I mean, mm. in, in the film, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not her the, first time. Character, yes. yeah. But yeah. that's what didn't freak me out about this was it was so it was a ritual. Yeah. They lit mm-hmm. the candles. She was a dark witch. It was difficult like, to light the candles because mm-hmm. they were using blow torches. Oh my god! It's a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, because she's that. Type, exactly. yeah, but she knew exactly what she was gonna do when and kind of like methodically played with her food to mm-hmm. where it didn't freak me out. So I was like, played Oh, she knows food. I she knew exactly oh, what she was doing, that's and good. that made me feel like confident because she was confident. Something makes me wonder about the actress playing the victim here is that, like, oh man, I don't, I don't if 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 there was a blade as an actor, if there was a blade dragging down my skin and I felt it skip a chunk of my skin. I would have a certain verbal reaction to that, and I wonder if they oh, captured. <laughs> I wonder if they captured that first take with the actress. By the way, it like, feels like it. Like, yes, by the, prepper. Because by, it's by so body. like every single person in this room so, had to have like jumped when they so felt visceral. that. It it's like wild. Like okay, we love the foley. We love it. We clear. It's obvious. We all kind of does. Does anyone here not love the like spraying blood onto the? I'm okay with that. I okay. Love it. <laughs> the, one of the things I noticed this time watching for the movie. Well, I'm just like, uh, it's a, it's a weird to get a boner a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, blood plays no. a thing. I can hear your pants stretching. <laughs> you know the sound of pants. Stretching. Everyone, grab your drinks. The table's rising on my side. No, but like, but one one of the things I love about this movie that I noticed watching for the show, can we talk about the I, I forget the actress's name. It, it was one of the people that I name checked at the beginning, but um, Lorna's performance. Oh my god, it it goes from like like a little unsettling mm-hmm. to genuinely disturbing, and to, to watching it for the show, watching performance beats, it goes from like 
unsettling to disturbing to just pure respect for the physical work that she's her doing. Her fear takes a journey. Her screams change. There's there's a there's a sobbing to like, oh my god, I wonder what's gonna happen. Oh, this is a really bad situation I'm in. To, I'm really terrified. To, I know I have no hope. And it goes from it goes from fear to grief. Mm-hmm. And it's totally nonverbal. Doesn't it's she just, cry out for her mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. Does. yeah. And that's the difference. This that's another difference between this and the Saw movies. And I think part of it is we come to kind of like Lorna. She she mm-hmm. has she has these like derpy moments, like doofy. We're like, oh, I don't drink. I'm gonna Capri Sun. She cheerses with Capri. She does right. a cheers with Capri Sun. She goes from that to like when they get to Slovakia, and she's like, oh, I, I'm so glad that I get to write about this and write about this village, and I get to write about what a bitch you are being. And you're like, oh, she got a little teeth. And you start to like Lorna. And mm-hmm. when Lorna gets drunk on the cider, mm-hmm. and there, there, you get there's a certain charm about Lorna. Yeah. Eventually, where yeah. you're like, you're like, damn, I, I like this girl. That just when her journey is peaking. Yeah. Again, is it's that it's that Stephen King thing. Fucking it's incredible. And it is mad, mad props to Eli Roth. He, you, you start out disliking Lorna because she's such a wet blanket, and by the end of her life. You are so charmed by her that her death actually means something. It matters, yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can show me a movie where I came to watch people die. That's why I'm watching Hostel 2. The fact that you can make me bummed out that someone died in this movie, that's amazing. And then you can turn it around again and make it this fun sort of yes. like... At the same time, you're like, oh, damn, Lorna's dying. But you're also like, yes. fuck, I can't believe how good the Foley is. Oh, my God, I can't believe how fucking awesome the blood is. Nicotero's killing it, yeah. motherfucker! He just shot a kid in the face! Dude, like, one, yes. of my, one of my favorite moments in, in, this, in Lorna's death scene is the, the actress... It's almost like she, because okay, the blood starts running down her back, right? Because she's the the actor, the the uh, bathroom lady's cut, yeah. c- cutting the back. You can start to see a little bit of shine in her hair. Yeah, you see the hair first before anything else. Well, what I love about this is mad props because I think I think what happened is as they were shooting and the blood is running down her back, she's she's like three quarters cheated out, so we can't see the cuts and we can't see the blood. And the actress realizes that it's all in her hair and goes shit. Like, oh, fuck, you can't see the blood. She cocks her head back and it starts running down her cheeks. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, the way that that plays, watching this scene, I don't think that that was a direction. I think she felt it in her hair and was like, I got to get this on my this. face. Yeah. So she arches her body back. That is, dude. I think that's real. She's upside down, crying, screaming, and totally in the moment and still has the presence of mind to be like, I got to make this work for a camera. Let me cock my head back, and the blood starts running down her cheeks, into her mouth, into her eyes, and she starts mm-hmm. choking on it. Fucking five star acting right there. That mm-hmm. is top tier shit. This A part of me amazing. thinks that they ma- that they did this in one take. I totally believe that. Watching this, watching this scene, the way that they play off each other, the way that the the way that the cuts register, the way that the, I think you're right, like the way that that blade blade is dragging yeah, and then jumps. A ton of prep work. I think mm-hmm. they worked mm-hmm. it and worked it, and then when it's the day, yeah, I think you're yeah. Right. Lethal I, weapon. Mel Gibson puts the gun in his mouth. This it. is this scene where he. I need just the I'm, director and me. And we're gonna get gun yeah. We're gonna get the camera yeah. people and the director and the two actors and the, whoever played Lorna's like, okay, I've done I my work. I am going all the way there. It just makes me like, Start rolling, motherfucker. I fucking love professional I'd love action. to know. <laughs> I would love uh, to know too. Yeah. It's a genius scene. It's truly 
exceptional, and that's why we jumped right to it rather than being like, okay, scene one. Because that is scene the scene two. of this, of yeah. this flick. It's that the is one you, you remember. Have the balls cut yeah. and you have this. Like, mm-hmm. Well, this is our first. This is I'm going to call this our first, first kill. real kill. Yeah, it there, is. there is technically yeah. a kill at the it's, beginning. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a button. It's, it's a button, button yeah. on the on the first movie. And we don't really give a fuck about him. I mean, not at this point. Come on. I like the reveal. Oh my god. Okay. The blood on the cat's face while it's licking the stump. That shit. My notice is cats are dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it weird that I got like warm fuzzies? It From the like cat a, licking the stump <laughs> blood yes, at the it beginning. Was like, they love you so much they'll eat you. No, it was like good job, prop crew. Like oh, I yeah. got like I don't know. It's like oh yeah, because you job. know there's like a can of so tuna much, yes. in the stump yeah, that the man. cat is licking like the up. The bacon that they put on Keanu Reeves's face to get the dog to play with him and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think dogs just love Keanu Reeves. I think oh, everybody I just loves Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um. So I think that the way that this is the way that they 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 button the first film is actually pretty effective because it sh- it tells you the whole plot of there is no escape of... too and it sets that up the stakes right. are super high even if you think you've escaped there is no escape. well Casey was asking when we I could buy and sell everyone in this room don't tell me what I can she afford she is one of my favorite fucking anything yes. ever she's in incredible yes. yes I want her uh, she's not I don't know about the third one I've never seen it but. This bitch needs to be running the show. No now. fucking kidding. She'd be like, all right, <laughs> I've got some notes later. Y'all been slacking. <laughs> do, do you want to? Do you want to kind of hit early ones and then jump jump later, or do you want to talk about it? Let's now? go. Let's touch. Let's this this trying to go chronological. You want to go? A little I think that's the best way to do they it. They introduce her very well, though. I want to speak to that. Please do. When you have the super rich girl. You automatically hate them because they have too much money. That is, but they let the other characters talk about the rich girl. I like. I actually like the slow reveal of her wealth because I think I think we're all in the same boat. The way the movie plays out, you assume because she's talking to her dad on the the phone. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. no, 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 dad, do not book the Four Seasons because no one else does that. Yes, we have chaperones. Okay, bye. You assume that her father is wealthy and sent her here. It is. I like that we're we're allowed to believe that for so long until mm. another character reveals. Yep. No, uh, uh, Lorna asks, "Does she have a big allowance?" Uh, actually, she no. could buy the whole country if she yeah, wants. Her dad's on she, allowance. Her, dad her dad's on an allowance. I like that she goes. She could pretty much buy Slovakia. Yeah, and that line shows you what kind of money we're talking about here. This is not, this is like fucking, this is, this is old. This is four. Yeah. This is, this is Bezos box. This is pre-divorce Bezos box. Yikes. Well, it's not until the end when we finally get the big reveal on exactly how much money she has when Mm. she's talking about her five or six different accounts Mm -hmm. and she knows all the lingo for like, how to transfer large sums of money very quickly. When he says, when he says you couldn't afford it, how her the the way she's offended she, i think she by the way i think her by the way all the way through this i think her performance is really good yeah, and I one agree. of one of my yeah. favorite bits is her per, the particular way she's offended by him not thinking that she can afford it it's that rich person like you don't think i have enough money to buy every person here and make you all janitors up your ass i don't just dis- i don't disagree with their performance However, mm, yes, yeah, we. Have so John disagrees with the performance. <laughs> I do think that if I were a majorly rich, can buy Slovakia asshole, the first thing I would have done the second I was captured was, I have money. 
And she never, she doesn't say that until the climax of the film. Yeah. And I would have done that differently if I had been rich. And could buy Slovakia. <laughs> Maybe You'll just like, that. just so you know, right? yeah, just so we're all, yeah. like, it makes some casual comment when she wakes up in the mansion, just being, or when they take her back to the mansion, just being like, cabin. Is, this your, is this your summer house? Yeah. <laughs> but where do you really live, though? This this dump can't be where you live. <laughs> well, made a bit of better is if this had not been her first hostile environment, but like, oh, this again? Oh, damn. Maybe I should mention that I have a lot of money. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> I'm actually a member of another club. Pulls the sleeve up. There's a cat tattoo <laughs> on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a not even real, the dog. like human psychology choice, though. Like just reacting from a human like level They're, and trying to appeal to his empathy. Because she's not pretty. I think Casey's onto something here because mm. there is a note. There is kind of a very subtle note to her performance throughout where she doesn't want people to know she's rich. This is true. She does keep it kind of low key. Yeah, I would say she fights against it very in much times. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, she doesn't want to use her money. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She doesn't wealth. wear her wealth on her sleeve. Mm-hmm. She, like if she was, they wouldn't be in a hostel. In right. The first that's place. why she picks the hostel. Right. That's why she says, "Don't book the Four Seasons. I want to do this like." Home. The yeah, old people. It's almost like she's ashamed of it. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which makes the movie more interesting. But it makes sense. It makes yeah. her how she got the money. That sure. too. No, yeah. It's not Mom like she died. earned it or yeah. that it was. She was like mm-hmm. entitled to it. That is another detail about making these real people. Mm-hmm. The mom died and the dad did not get the money. Her mom mm-hmm. died and she got everything and she gives her dad an allowance. That makes her more of or a human. Mom and dad are divorced, and dad has his own right. something, but it's nothing compared to what mom has. But, I think but that again, also makes her appear more rich, right? Yes. It's, it's than small, any other character in the film. Yeah, it, it's a small, it's a small little bit of writing because all you have to do is type the sentence, you know, like actually she has her dad on an allowance, rather than yeah, her dad gives her a shitload of money. It changes the whole thing. Yeah, she could have just been the rich bitch character. You know what yeah. it does ultimately because she holds. Her wealth as like a trump card until the end of the movie is it rather than make her the cardboard cutout rich bitch character it gives her agency as a female lead yep she mm-hmm. has her own money she has her own wealth this is not her begging daddy to save her this is her cash i'll i'll empty one of my 50 bank accounts buy you and bomb your country into dust that's her money. That dude, talk. You want to talk? You, uh, you were saying throughout the movie, like, can we call this hostile to the patriarchy or whatever? Oh yeah, toxic masculinity. <laughs> toxic yeah. masculinity. You you want to talk about a way to give a female character agency? Give her a limitless amount of cash and set her loose on a bunch of asshole dudes, which mm-hmm. is what this movie does by the end. Yeah, and yep. don't let any other male figure who would normally be above her have any hold over her whatsoever right yeah even the head of the the, the household he just essentially doesn't even have i can't he doesn't he's on her fucking payroll right. I, yeah. I can't i can't remember what his name is but he actually i think this is interesting he has a traditionally female name michelle no it's but it's something like that the, the dad the, no the guy who runs the club the oh. the older man who we were trying to figure out whether a uh, hot back rub chick was his daughter or oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> huge oil painting of her in the stairwell yeah. so my guess is he's banging her. <laughs> I mean he's old enough to be my father talk about a non-answer I'm no kidding right <laughs> are you sleeping but... with him I don't know he's old are you uh, sleeping with him but you didn't answer the question though <laughs> I, okay I should have phrased that differently 
fucking fucking yes or circle yes or no (laughs) but like i i love that at the end of this uh when he walks in and he's like you couldn't afford it and she rattles off the figures he's like oh god am i poor (laughs) like that's how that scene plays out um yeah so let's let's We've we've jumped to the exciting bits of the not the exciting bits but the, the gory bits. the the peak moments. Because they're hard not to just talk. About. It is man. Yeah, it's, they're the selling point of this movie. Mm-hmm. They really are. But but again, like I like I respect the decision to mirror the structure of Hostel One in Hostel Two because we've all we've all heard well not Casey but <laughs> we've all heard stories about when Hostel came out. They used it as their at they used it in their marketing. When Hostel came out at the premiere, seven people had heart attacks. People were taking. The first one is more rowdy, I think. Well, a lot of uh, there's blow torches to the eyeball. They, there's, they kind of, there's a lot more like, and they also Blair Witch. A lot more intimate. They did too. They they didn't tell anyone what they were watching, and and mm. the people who had heart attacks thought mm. they were watching a snuff film. <laughs> so that's well, that. that's part of it. But like, people walked out. People threw up in theaters. Some theaters stopped screening it early because so many people were vomiting and asking for their money back. Like, that's one of the selling points of Hostel is this movie's so fucked up that most audiences don't make it all the way through this movie. That's such an old mm. marketing thing, but it works. I love it does that. Yeah. This goes like, all the way back to, like, House on Haunted yeah, Hill exactly. and, like, <laughs> your seat <laughs> electrifies you and here comes a skeleton. But this one's, like, You now have five hostile. seconds to leave the theater before yeah. the chilling climax. Right. Over the scissors clamp over your genitals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, this one's, like, scissors will pop out of random seats and cut your dicks off. Like... Dude, I'm it's a 50-50. <laughs> Half of you will go out of here Unix. You're like, I don't know if I want to watch this that bad. <laughs> but um so what did you think of after our little like button scene at the beginning where we're like, oh, we get here's the head in the box and all that stuff. Sasha, that's his name. Oh, the guy's name is Sasha. Um what do you see I think of that as a solidly gender neutral name? You think so? Agreed. Yeah. Especially in Yugoslavia. See, I always think yep. of Sasha Gray, fa- renowned Crazy porn star. Sasha is actually an. So you think of a dude, I think of a porn star. Sasha is an abbreviated Mm. name for the Russian name Alexandra. So it's actually female in Russia. Really? Yes. They're not in Russia though. Sasha is. This is true. Distinction because they'd get pissed about that. (laughs) Actually, they do speak. They do speak Russian. So do the Lithuanians. Um. So. Okay, so that's crazy. Sasha is Sasha is the contract uh, the contraction of Alexandria. This is true, Alexandra. Alexandra. I didn't I didn't know this. I started <laughs> I started uh, bartending at a Russian restaurant in New York, mm, uh, mm, and mm. one of the waitresses that worked with me, her name was Alexandra, and she preferred to be called Sasha. Interesting. Interesting. I had, yeah. Ooh. I, cool. Fun. The yeah. The more you know. <laughs> All right. So um, I love the okay. Uh, I love the way that we're introduced to our victims, our teens, our teens uh, abroad. Oh, they're doing an art class? Is that what Yeah, they're course? painting yeah. a nude man. <laughs> painting dicks! <laughs> painting dicks! By the way, and, uh, what's her name? Boss hog like... number one, boss, boss hog, hog number two. two. <laughs> Those are the only season? dicks in this. So we have to pick one of these dicks. Actually, I have some fun. Uh, we're going to talk about it after the show. I sure. have some fun. Uh, some <laughs> Because we have to kind of flesh out that category a little bit. Yeah. You're going to like my. Flesh perfect. out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 
one of the things I appreciate about this movie, by the way, talking about the the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. one of the things I appreciate about this movie is, and I think it's intentional too, because you'll notice we get dick right out the gates, but when hot girl comes out, we get zero nudity. Yep. It's her back. We get, well, she goes, she goes to like take her and like nipple up. Yeah. Yeah. She's so fucking. Yeah, uh, she is. Dude, there's a lot of like smoke and hot people in this movie. It's hard not like to just European hot. Mm-hmm. Do we all agree that there's a distinction between American hot and European hot? Absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent. The girls are like, smoke yes. Their cigarettes and hold their. Hold on, John is quiet. John. Yeah, I know. I kind of find. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um. No one's saying Keep anything. the pressure no, no, no. on. <laughs> yeah, keep it on. Keep it on. Keep the lid Wild. on. Stare at him. I'm Let's adjusting go. this microphone a lot, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fidgeting I'm a whole bunch. I'm wrenches out just yeah. off this question. <laughs> John, what is, your, what is your opinion of European hot versus American hot? Well, actually, why don't I pour John some more vodka and we'll ask him again. <laughs> we'll ask him again in 40 minutes. <laughs> I don't think any of the people in this movie are hot. <gasps> okay, oh. but how many people do you find hot in a day-to-day? One. Okay. Oh. Yep, it's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that legitimately made me very happy, like human. I, I, you know what? I was gonna mock it because we mock everything. On when I got we have kind of warm fuzzies, but I was also kind of churny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it hits it twice. <laughs> I, it does. It's, it's it's like a one-two punch. It's like a concrete mixer that you did before it started to curdle. You're like, that was delicious. <laughs> um, you need a cement mixer. Okay, yeah, sure. Yes. I'm sorry, yeah, Carl. A drink. A drink, yeah. Yes, yeah, I was thinking it's like concrete. actual concrete. Like, I was like, what the fuck are we talking no, about? No, the drink, the drink. The, I've always called <laughs> it a concrete mixer. concrete at the... Um, Culver's? Aren't those Culver's, concrete mixers. That's yes, their yes. blizzard version. Oh, no. Version. Then I, yeah. I meant a cement mixer, the yes. drink. Not, yeah. a, not a delicious you, Culver's. Everybody likes just... a concrete mixer, okay? <laughs> cement a mixers bit. get a little gross, but concrete mixers are a Midwest standard. No, um, so, but I want to talk, I actually want to talk about this. When we're introduced to our, our teenage... Uh, when we're introduced to our sacrificial lambs. Uh, but, we, but when we're introduced to the kids, we get a naked man. Kids? Uh, 18, 20, whatever. No, they're in college they're, they're for youths. sure. Okay, when we're introduced to the youths, you know, mm. um, we get a naked man, but not a naked woman. The only two naked women that we get in this movie is during a murder. Oh, it's the two of them. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only the only two mm-hmm. naked women we see, one naked woman is killing another naked woman. Yeah. There are no men in the room. There are not there's not Yeah, a, they exit themselves after mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. light the candles. They light the and candles the and scene. leave. I think this is actually I uh I've I've been hanging out with the shybies and drinking a lot today, mm-hmm. so I'm not entirely sure that I can eloquently talk about what that particularly means. There's means? something there. I'm not sure they're, if I apologize for this, by the way. No, 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 no. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Shibies in like a year. It was like last year you guys were here. So look, when they're around, I'm gonna hang out with them. But but there's something about this, and and what got me thinking about it, it is was kind of weirdly feminist. Yeah. Yeah. When Bird when Bird mentioned like we should call this toxic masculinity or it's hostile to the patriarchy. It, I started tuning into. You put on a different men. lens almost watching the film. What? Yeah. yeah, you almost put on a different lens. 
Yeah. 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 Bird, yeah. Bird definitely gives us the when she said that it 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 snapped a filter over and it, mm-hmm. it changed the way I watched the movie. And yeah, for me too. For the first time, when I watched Lorna's death scene, I was like, this is kind of bizarrely gender powerful or sex powerful in a way. I like that Eli Roth doesn't give us. And the, t- the, uh, the second girl death happens off screen. Which one? The uh, the friend who gets the blade in the face. On sc- oh, oh, yeah. The, Someone yeah, the, steps the, the, the in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think yeah, we don't see the male violence. Well, we do with the girl at the end, but she ends up getting his dick. Aha! Uh-huh. Literally <laughs> takes pause, his pause. dick. Pause. Does a man kill? Does do we see a guy kill a girl anywhere in this movie? No. Uh, do not we? technically. <laughs> Although I mean, it, we it, do it, see that one guy club what's her face over the head real hard. It does. Ha- <laughs> we, see, we, see viol- we see violence. We see violence against right. women perpetrated by men, but we actually don't physically. See, we don't see. Any man kill a woman. And when when we she's see, cut, it's an accident. He's going after he's her. He's not paying any attention. That's attention too. In, in the Blake yeah, it's a total accident. Yeah. We're, what we're heading into now, though, is like college thesis paper. No, time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Feminism and hostile too. No, 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 but it's <laughs> I would like to explore this topic further. So would I. Actually, this is kind of interesting. Yeah, go ahead. But I feel like it's all there, though. It is. I I totally think it is. I I think. I almost want to go back and watch Hostel again and just like well, do you want to part a little bit? More? I mean, you know how the show works. Do you want to sit in on Hostel? No, please. All right. Bird will be with us for all three. Honestly, we'll any- log into my voodoo. I have them all now. Carl, <laughs> anytime we watch something like profoundly fucked up, do you want to just have Bird on? Because yes, she did she five. Helps. I spit on your grave movies <laughs> yeah. with us. So thanks for patting my eyes at you. Aw, I'll watch, babe. A lifetime of profoundly fucked up art and then films. Yay! All I've ever wanted. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> that's why I'm in this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, actually, uh, this is, and by the way, true story, listeners. I think Carl, like Carl, might know this already, but uh, one of the first like date nights that we had, we made popcorn. We were watching a movie. One of our early married date nights. Uh, it was after we were married, actually, wasn't yeah. it? It what? was one of the first movies we watched after we got married. We, like, cuddled up for a date night, and I, I threw on the I Spit on Your Grave remake. That was one of our date movies, was I Spit on Your Grave. The remake, the first remake. The also boat- Black Mass. So, mm. the weird panties. <laughs> that was the boat season boat jogging season, yes, in Ugg okay. boots. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, really, you should have known. I'm convinced that none of our patrons listen to any of those. I know. Episodes. <laughs> I will like, confirm that one does. Did you listen to all the I Spit on Your Grave episodes? I did. And I oh. want to watch the movies. Oh, I have all right. them all. And while you're here, if you want to spin them, I will. I This is one of the things that I... Don't watch the newest. Don't watch five. Five is a waste of time, yeah, honestly. And it's yeah, really it long. But this is one thing that I like. And I will always do this for people who come and hang out at the... Like we've it's had, a bookend. We've had patrons um, like, because we're going to do the uh, 2020 Quill and Filmies very oh, yeah. shortly. We've had patrons kicking out ideas for screeners because we're going to screen movies all day long. And, and if you want to watch a movie, I will not say no. I, if I own it and you want to watch it, I will put it on. I will t- if I think that it's kind of hectic and I think you should know. I told Carl going into Cannibal Holocaust, there's a version that has no animal cruelty in it. And I told Carl, you should probably watch that one. If you if you at- to go fuck yourself and die, I'm gonna watch the one where <laughs> Carl, sea turtles die. Dude, whatever. Carl, Carl does. Carl goes heavy like he always. But um, but Casey, if you want to watch, I spit on your grave while you're around here. I own all of them except the last one, which is a waste of time. If you want to spin them, I'll spin any one of those. <laughs> 
You're an adult. You can make your decisions. <laughs> They're fucking hectic. But if you want to watch it, I I'll watch like it with a, you. I feel like I see a thought happening down there. John? It's not a thought. It's more of like a direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a hell no direction. So everybody here who watched this movie that we're talking about today. Hostile 2. Out of all five of us, two of us took notes. <laughs> and Carl, over the last five minutes, has been flipping through his, deciding which one to talk about. And I'll I feel like us- we need to start at the top of mm. Carl's list to decide. To you talk are, about. You are a very linear guy. Though. I'm just fascinated yes, yes. by the fact that like this is the first time that I've used like a computer to type my notes out, mm. and I'm just like, look at this. You scroll it. I can read everything. So it's give incredible. us give us notes. How do you check them off though? Yeah. I, I, I know where I yeah, am. Let's just fly through them. Brain. So, <laughs> give, <laughs> give us notes at or after the, the painting class. Mm. After the painting class. Yeah, take, class. Us, take right. us forward. Please do. Um, and let's do that from now on so John so, doesn't okay. have so, a panic attack. So the, the, one of the moments that I love. <laughs> There's no structure like my podcast. <laughs> Yikes. You just step outside, get some air. totally can. So we already know that we're in for some shit because of the way we open it's a cold open with mm-hmm. putting that button in the last movie we know there is mm. no escape and we already are pretty much aware that these are the three girls that we're going to have to now watch go through this process again mm-hmm. with having They're all women yes not the case in the first film no really right. a group. i haven't seen the first and film the, and oh, it's the a woman that's well we end up with the, the, the man at the, the first the beginning of the second film yeah. Okay. yeah yeah she's the one that she toys with she plays with her food quite a bit does she Oh, yeah, oh, of course. I'm the, sorry. The when, rich, you, the, when you the, said the, that, I remember the guy from Hostel One who's eating his salad oh, with his God. hands, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just imagine like ranch fingers every time I see that scene. I'm like, no, dude, we're not talking about Hostel One, though. Sorry, continue. So, so, there's, this, so there's this weird thing that this movie does with like messing with your expectations, right? So I have a note that I get the feeling we're being red herringed here with the, the two boys, with the two men that are going over the seas to. To kill the women, right? The one is always very Todd and Todd uh, and Todd and Stewart. So Todd is the one that's jet. He's like super eager and ready. Don't be a fucking pussy. We're gonna he's do the, this. He's the guy that would call himself an alpha. Yeah, he's an alpha. He wants mm-hmm. to. Well, yes. he wants to do this whole thing. So I think that he the, can, the best part of that call himself an alpha. Yeah, because it's yes. exactly oh, yeah. what Good it is. But point. he's such a pussy that he wants to do this horrible thing so that he will now give off this sort of essence of an alpha. Because there was this one kid that he knew one time that something happened the summer before where he something bad, but now he has this essence of. I'm so glad you're saying all these things. Right? Yeah. It's like wants to prove himself he to, to prove his. Himself. So the only way yeah. to like get that true alpha male thing is for us to kill these women over here in Slovakia. So we go back, we can be better at this business meeting. Really quick, John, yeah. I just realized this podcast and the other one wants to actually kill does have structure. Wife. It's just not chronological, it's thematic. We're talking mm-hmm. about specific yeah. elements one at a time. I'm sorry. Did I call it your podcast for something? No, no. It's, <laughs> Yikes. Sometimes. I know. I, I was just because as Carl said that, I was like, oh, we talked about Lorna's death scene. Now we're talking. We talked about toxic masculinity. Now we're talking about. No, that's how, our, that's how our show. Happens. I don't disagree. Sometimes it goes chronological. I don't <laughs> when disagree. When don't like the movie, I'm like, and the first scene was this. I would just say. Well, when, when that happens, it's when it, it needs to be. If it's something that's Straw super, dogs. Straw yeah. dogs need yeah. that. Yeah. I would um, just hate to skip themes without hitting every yeah, note that right. everybody totally took agree. notes has. I, I don't like to miss stuff. Um, yeah. Catch up at the end always does kind of suck. It does. It just feels do yeah. we do we want to yeah. do we want to 
go chron do we okay let's decide right now do we want to go chronological or do we want to start talking about todd and stewart and and we're then, can we just, can we just continue talking about todd and stewart let's yeah. just keep it yeah, rolling let's just keep doing like what yeah. we're doing so we're too far into fix it at this point we've committed <laughs> to what we're doing so far. todd dude todd and stewart what a, they this again it's so easy to say like oh it first of all it's a sequel and it's really easy to dismiss sequels Second, it's a horror movie, and it's a horror movie that exists. It's not a slasher. It exists in its own category, which actually Hostel was where it was coined. Torture porn. This is a torture porn sequel. This would be so easy to just dismiss. And actually, a lot of the internet has. It's got three stars. It has a kind of middling But if you're going to talk it. about the, 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 the quantity of content that is torture porn-y, it's not, there's not that much here. It's harrowing the shit that we do see, mm. but it only t- it only takes up like I think ten this, minutes of. I think this exists in the torture porn world. Oh, I think there's, it does. There's no, a I, lot agree, of, I totally agree that it, it does. It's sex and violence, but it's, but it's not it's, doesn't linger on the shit. It exists because it has to because that's our story. I look at it slightly differently. I see that this I see this movie filled with sex and violence. There's we see like a there's the anticipation a of it. Somewhat the, graphic blowjob. There's strippers. There's nudity. Actually, there are more female nude bodies when. Stuart and Todd go into the like strip club brothel-y. room, but I think yeah, that in the brothel. I think that that goes it. to support the toxic masculinity aspect of the film. But the Bloodhound Gang, whatever the fuck the name of the. I mean, in a weird, I don't want to call it that, but I think it's like the Bloodhound Club or whatever. Yeah. But but I think this is interesting. This movie is laden loaded with sex and violence, but it's sex and violence as both commentary and art. Where a lot of other torture porn movies are just sex and violence as spectacle. That's the big difference between those movies and this film. I think one thing that really stands out here is that I think the typical audience for a film like this, when you approach the two male leads. Bunch of Todds. Yeah. I think that the way that they approach those characters is really interesting. Because you get the guy who most men I assume in like the mid 90s or whenever this film was made would identify with all of a sudden in the middle of the movie switches I think that's I disagree who are you talking about yeah the alpha alpha Todd 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 yeah okay he switches right at the end and I think that throws that throws the whole thing out the window this is interesting and I want to get into this because we all had a reaction as we were watching and we were all like everybody was like different well I I, I feel like I feel like Bird Max John we all kind of had at least one if there was two roads we all kind of were wandering down the left road and we we all were talking kind of about it casually as the movie's playing and Casey's like Y'all are fucking crazy. And she didn't say it like that, but she's like, I disagree. And we were like, I respectfully disagree. I, and, but she, and, I, and to her credit, she wouldn't tell us why. She wanted to save it for the microphone. Yep. You know what? Let's. But, but really quick, before we get to that, Casey, mm-hmm. if you would, can we talk about the arc of Todd and Stuart? And then when we get to the bit where Todd... Exactly. Okay, let's do this. Let's talk about Todd and Stuart. And when we get to the accidental yes, 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 fucking yes, yes. saw to the face, we'll <laughs> jump over to Casey because I'm... St- I'm dying, dude. I'm dying yeah. to know. You've kept us in the black for too long, Casey. I, I, yeah, <laughs> what? Man. I'm sorry. What? So this is this is what I love about Todd and Stewart. I I, I honestly I think I pegged Stewart at the very beginning because my note is. But you've seen this before. No, no I didn't remember <laughs> fucking any of it, dude. I, okay. Like honestly, any of the story stuff, I complete. I remembered like particular scenes. Yeah. But it had been since this movie came out. I was still working for fucking Family Video when this came out. So like. 
Oh, a decade ago. That you worked for Family Video, dude. But like, while he is, while he gets, when he gets the call from Todd, it's like, dude, we're on, we're going. Tell your wife that we have like a over weekend business trip or whatever. And he's tucking the chairs back in after his kids leave for school. Yeah. My note is like, they're they're dead at the breakfast table. His whole family like drones to their papers and the television. He wants to kill his family, but he can't. Mm-hmm. So that is why he's doing it. I'm like, I, yes. I pegged him right away, and I have a, I note a little bit later on. I was like, we are being red herringed well, for sure that these Todd, two are yes. beat with Todd, and that, that plays on his sleep pretty well. Like he is with Todd way or Stewart, Todd or Todd. both actually. Todd is with both. Well, yeah. Well, Todd is one of you. Th- he is being played in it's such a, a way. It's a total dynamics exactly. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's. There's a yeah. line. There's a line at the end. Like, I'm not your wife. Of course you're not my wife. I can't kill I my can't wife. can't kill my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it was like... Butch is fucked up. Man, what a fucking... This movie's so hectic. I, made a, I love it. I made a playful joke about it, though, because he didn't even watch his kids get on the bus. No, no. not even a little. Like, I was like, um, his kids totally just got kidnapped, did not turn around. He's checked out. He's completely checked out. He... Wait, I don't think Stuart interacts with his family at all. No, he no. doesn't even a little bit. Wow. Not once. He's very, I got um, school shooter vibes. Yeah. You know, the quiet, but he's reserved. Old now. He's like a school shooter who thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, but never picked up a Or gun. was like totally normal until he got married and had kids and now feels trapped and horrible. Oh and my God. Has yeah. this slow bubbling rage under the surface. I feel L- that. But like, life of quiet desperation. By the way. Casey, I, do we need to talk? <laughs> do you need to talk to a Casey therapist? has slow rage <laughs> bubbling under the surface. Oh my God. Um. Yeah, okay. So so one of the things that I love about Todd, the first time I saw this movie and maybe it maybe it's because I saw it in high school because I was 17, I saw it I saw this movie in theater. Can I tell an embarrassing story about this film? Oh boy. Do you guys mind if I derail us real quick? Go. And about an ex-girlfriend? I went and saw this movie. <laughs> I don't think they'd mind me saying that. We do I, need a, veli- vid- a, filio a video component. A video component. I, a video Vimeo. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say their last names. I don't think they would mind me talking about them. But just I, I went and saw this movie with two friends, Chris and Laura. Oh. So I went and saw this movie with Chris and Laura, their brother and sister. I was dating Laura at the time. And I, I, I can I just apologize to Laura? I was an awful boyfriend in high school. I really, truly was. Um, so I went and I just, I was like, I was best friends with her brother. I was super awkward. I I thought she was like, she was, she was for me. She was so beautiful. I didn't know how to interact with her. It was like one of those, I don't understand why you're going out with me situations. That's what was going on. So we went and saw. Max and I often joke that he was like secretly dating Chris. Actually, that's how she broke up with me. She's like, you're (laughs) such, she said, we went to a beach and she said, you're such good friends with my brother. I feel more like you're my brother than my boyfriend. Also, I hadn't, at that point, I'd been hanging out with her brother and I hadn't like hung out with her in three months. That's why we broke up. I was a bad boyfriend. She was too good for me in high school. (laughs) Definitely. But the three of us went and saw Hostel 2. And this was around the time that I learned that Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth based it on something that they had stumbled across on the dark web. So we went and saw Hostel 2. And I was like, I listened to poetry and I listened to Nirvana a lot. That's my high school experience. We went and saw Hostel 2. I fucking loved the movie. I thought it was amazing. We got into the car. But but remember, I'm 17. I haven't seen Cannibal Holocaust. Right. I haven't seen a Serbian film yet, which mm-hmm. I have now seen. And this movie doesn't bug me quite as much anymore. So I'm sitting in the back of Chris's car. We're driving home. I'm really quiet. And I'm going to – I'll say it. I'm, it's embarrassing. But we're, I'm watch, I watched Hostel 2 and it 
fucked me up. This movie, the first time I saw it in theaters at 17, fucking wrecked me, dude. We're driving home, and we went and saw it in Sault Ste. Marie. We lived in Dehor Village. It's an hour drive. And I'm I, in the back seat. I was thinking about the real-life analogs to the people in the movie, like the people who actually went through, or who, who to this day maybe go, or definitely go through the shit that's in Hostel and Hostel 2. And I like started to like quietly cry in the back of Chris's car. Oh. And Laura noticed. She's like, are you crying? And I was like, no, no, nah, man. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, a little. <laughs> and she's like, uh, why? And I'm like, well, okay. and I told her, I was like, well, Quentin Tarantino and Eli Roth, genius directors, both of them. I don't know if you've seen Pulp Fiction, but it's a masterpiece. Anyway, um, like this really happens. It's based on real shit. And like they were, they, rightly so. These two, like they're they're the same age as me. They were like. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so people die every day, man. It's a fucking movie. Calm down. I'm back there all like, I have to write a song about this. It was bad. But the first time I saw Hostel 2, it legit made me cry. And Yeah, go ahead. I think that's really interesting that you saw it with them because they are from sort of that former they're, USSR block. They're, they're both from, from Lithuania. Yeah. Um, when I first met Chris, his, he wasn't calling himself Chris. He was calling himself Christianus. His name was Christy. Well, I don't can't say it his is. last name now, but his his name's Christianus. Um, <laughs> Laura's name is not Laura either, but her name is harder for me to remember. It's kind of complicated, and they can they both speak like fluent Lithuanian. Like that's where they're from. Um, I actually talk. I used to talk to him about. They have. They're very bitter towards the Russians because of how that shit all went there's down a, there's a whole bunch of hits it's that whole there. eastern block countries man yeah so so we would go and see hostile too which is all about like eastern block countries ravaged by war post the cold war or post world war ii and i'm like they were like you know we make money by stealing americans yeah they're like <laughs> they're mean, like was did you not see that is, as a comedy i'm like that's the saddest movie their I've dad ever is seen. really rich who knows uh, yeah oh, their no. their dad is like mad wealthy he's probably got a bloodhound tattoo somewhere on his body i don't know man actually I've, i met him twice he's like the nicest fucking guy in the yeah. world but did you see a that's why he's the nicest though. guy ever because he vents it by like chainsawing people to death i don't know yikes <laughs> wow. no he's, he was the bomb that, that honestly I, their whole family's killer um, killer. not killer that way. But <laughs> Weird choice of words. Yeah, hey, yo. Honestly, I I think they're great. They were they were super cool all the way all the way around. I hung out with them a lot. Um, what was Casey's note on the disagreeing? Yeah, so let's yeah, let's so please. T- so Todd is like this alpha male. They go jogging, and there's a great line that Todd has while they're jogging, where he says. Or Stu's like, what do you think it'll... And he doesn't even get it all the way out. And Todd's like, dude, I'm fucking tired of talking about it. The time let's to just, talk about it's done. Let's yeah. do it. Let's just like do it. everything but stop it with that pussy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But what I loved about that line is after that moment, Todd does nothing but talk about what they're doing for the rest of the movie. He says, I'm done talking about it. And then the, the next 40 minutes is him talking about it. And Stu is... Stewart is quiet. Yeah, he shuts down basically. And I think, well, I I talked about it, but like Todd talks about it the whole movie, and Stewart is quiet. And when they go to the costume room, and there is there there's no dialogue; it's all just classical music. Mm. Todd puts on a big aggressive mask, and Stewart puts on noise canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some symbolism at work here, dude. Mm-hmm. This this is not just a. A, a controversial torture porn movie for conservatives to get fucked up about. This is art. 
this movie is really well made. Mm-hmm. This is a really well made film. Eli Roth is not fucking around with Hostel 2, dude. Yeah. It's, I think John and I were both talking about it, and Bird pointed it out. This is, th- there's not a frame of this that's out of focus. This movie is incredibly well shot, sharply edited. The fact that it is that the subject matter is like kind of salacious doesn't doesn't change the fact that this is a really well made movie. Wait, so let's get back to yeah. Casey's opinion <laughs> on it. Yeah. So please, please, please. Your opinion was that So what happens ultimately is the the, the, the two of the female friends end up in two different rooms mm-hmm. the the kind of uh let's say like more devil may care of the friends ends up in todd's room she's tied to the chair and we can we talk about the costuming choices while we're talking about the two Absolutely. of them yes, yes please so the so todd and Stuart kind of get to pick how the girls are presented to them i make you pretty I make I make now we uh, I'm sorry. So the woman with one <laughs> what I was missing. <laughs> I didn't know most of her nose. What I what I meant to say was now we do nails. <laughs> but like so so the the girl who ends up with Todd is to to for lack of a better term in heavy air quotes tarted up. She has heavy eyeshadow. She's dressed in like basically Burlesque-y, kind of like, cheer, like cheer, high school cheerleader uniform. Yeah. And one of the things that you notice in that scene is Todd repeatedly says like, oh, you tramp, you tramp, oh, slut, slut, tramp, tramp. And that's what he's saying. And that's how she's presented. The way that Stuart interacts with the girl is identical, but the verbiage changes because of the fantasy that he's playing out. Also, the woman is dressed uh, conservatively, powerfully. Right, mm-hmm. Stewart's girl, who is our who is our final girl, who is our heroine, is dressed and kind of looks like his wife. She's dressed That's in a suit. yeah. Is it a suit? She's wearing a suit, right? Yeah, like a, wearing, yeah. like, like a, a pants. Yeah, she's so she's dressed in a in a power suit, and I I think it's interesting the way that Stewart interacts with her is the way that he has traditionally interacted with his wife, timid, meek. Uh, wilting and like oh, I'm not that guy I'll get you out of here I almost think in a weird way go with me on this Carl <laughs> it's, okay. it's one of those moments Carl go with me on this. when he <laughs> when he the, I, I think that even the I'm not that guy I'm not that guy that bit I don't necessarily think that that is Stuart ramping himself up to killing her I think that this is part of his fantasy it starts with Stuart, you never do the dishes, Stuart. And he's like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, baby. This is part of the fantasy leading up to the snap. All of it mm-hmm. is part of the fantasy. I think the like, we'll get you out of here. We'll he get you out of here. He has to go on the journey. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is part of the role playing. This mm-hmm. is the like, the cow hand comes and he's like, sure is hot out there. Mm-hmm. I did a hard day's ride. This is that part of the fantasy for So him. let's talk about then. The choices in outfit between the two men going into the room, because I think that's also important. They're, they're identical. They're identical. Yeah, they are dressed. Yeah, identical. and I think that the symbolism there is wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I said during the film, like maybe Stuart just wore what his friend picked out because he was being the leadery guy, and sure, was just like okay, I remember yeah, that. Sure, that's fine. But there's something else under the. There's something yeah. else there Walk as me well. Through. Tell, b- flesh this out, John. I'm curious because I, I didn't. That wasn't something that stuck for me. What I noticed was the girls and the way that the two men interact with them. But talk to me about costumes. Well, it wasn't. A, it wasn't initially something that I thought that I would ever talk through. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we discover things on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we're discovery phase here. <laughs> 
but especially after bird said bird said something there is just that like um the way that they present themselves mm-hmm. here is is different from how they actually are yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, with both of them. And play a part. Yeah. yeah, yes. And I think it's interesting that they both gravitate towards something that's centralized. You know, they both come from different extremes, but they're different down the middle. They could Does that make be sense? More perhaps, different, but they're presented as identical. Yeah, that isn't yeah. that is super interesting. Or perhaps they went with the default, which also came up in conversation watching the film. It's possible. That's your first. And if you notice, you haven't gotten into your routine. This where bums me out because now if we had a visual <laughs> component, <laughs> if we had a visual component, I'd be able to like perfectly elucidate this. I'm going to do my best. And please, in consideration also, when they were brought into the weapon rooms before they even chose costumes, they chose no weapons. They went in bare bones. That's true. They went with the presets, whatever yeah. was going to be in the room. Yeah. I don't know if that they, was the costuming also, but the weapons, nothing. They, they toyed one. with they everything, everything yeah. but, but went in their bones. They haven't ah, gotten the up. But they were given... <laughs> I'm not... Actually, I, I don't know if there's a perfect video game analog, but they were given the option to pick any costume they want. They could, they could fulfill any fantasy. Imagine the stuff that was in the room prepared for them compared to the stuff that was in the rooms that we've seen from the other people. That's a good point. The they, could, they could go from zero to a hundred million. The dude who's they could do anything. Leg. Anything yeah. they wanted. Anything they, they wanted have. was in that room and they, they chose nothing. <laughs> Think about Elizabeth Bathory lady. Yeah, Think they got about, a fucking bathtub for her with yeah, a CVS pillow. Yeah, she has a shallow and bathtub. And in the pillows. room, I made a comment when we were watching the movie, inside of the room where they got to choose weapons, a sickle was in the room. Yeah, yeah. They had the option to choose, but they didn't. One of my favorite moments in this fucking movie, no joke, is when they're in the weapons room. There's like, there's a shitload of guns. There's all sorts of crazy like sp- maces and scythes and stuff. Mm. But I love that the ch- the choice Eli Roth made. He doesn't zoom in on any weapons except a series of kitchen knives. I love the sh- the close up shot of the kitchen knives because that that is an insight into the mind of a murderer. A rich man who's like, I've thought about killing my wife a million times a day. And because... Also think about what's accessible to him. Yeah. When when you're fantasizing about like, I'm going to fucking kill my wife today. You don't have a mace in your house. How often are you doing that, Max? (laughs) Well, no, but... Jesus. Oh, come on. Yikes. Who can't jump? Let's all jump into the mind of the movie for a second. But like, how many people have like a a belt-fed 50 cal in their house outside of Alabama? (laughs) <laughs> or Texas. <laughs> but like, but there go your listeners from Alabama. Everyone, everyone has a kitchen knife. I mean, not everyone, but knives. Shut up. <laughs> Let's, we're not, not going to play. Some people are not entitled. We're not going to play this fucking nitpicky game where it's like our privilege is showing. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I refuse to back off this. Everyone's got a kitchen knife. Okay, even if it's a butter knife, you got it. And I bet you the hostile people have one in there. Like, a butter knife? Okay, well, I guess we'll book you an extra hour because this is going to take a bit. <laughs> but, and, and, but that's what I love is you've got Michael on the left. you got Michael Myers' fucking chef's knife. Yep. And then, but, but maybe that's not the knife that you have been thinking about in your knife block. So here's a paring knife. Here's a boning knife. Here's a fillet knife. Something mm-hmm. about that shot of a set of kitchen knives mm-hmm. Just makes your bones go cold. It's not the mace. It's not the scythe. It's not the 
here's a blowtorch. That stuff's all fucked up. But what really, truly scares me is those kitchen knives, dude. There's something, if you think about it, in other movies, you see people, or of course, in the leather pouch, roll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the arsenal rifle. of yeah. different mm-hmm. knives. Right. The, to- and the torturer scene right. in any movie. With yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in Harry Potter. It is. Right. It and is. there's what connection do you feel to that? Almost nothing. It's just instruments. But when you're this close to something that's accessible to you yourself. There's weight behind that. I have you a can, magnetic strip on my wall. I can Look see the knives. knives. Yeah, I can see them from here. There's weight to those and Do not to the instruments. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've also imagined being a wizard I'm that can fly on a broom. Wait, wait. So that was a yes. <laughs> no, like <laughs> No, um, but yes, but no. <laughs> we have a spare room, oh bird. Oh my god. <laughs> When I watch a western, I turn into a cowboy. Like you, go, you go on the ride. You guys know what I'm saying, Bird. There, there's no one in the world that I love more than you. There's no one in the world I love to kill I've more imagined, than you. Casey, okay, so grab those knives off the wall. Sometimes I've imagined killing Carl with a kitchen knife when I'm like, "Prisoners" is a genius film. I don't know, dude. Jake Gyllenhaal's fucking performance, and then I look over at my knives. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about detective twitches. Shut up! You came around a little on that. Do I have to? Do I have to wear you down again on prisoners? No, I'm sorry. But look, here's what happens. So, uh, Stu starts going through his like. I'm Why not keep guy? calling him that. <laughs> Are you guys like BFFs? Stuart. Stuarton starts going through. Stuart and the third starts going through the like. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. And then he gets her back in the chair, and we find out that that. Beta male stew has it in him. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. murder in him. Oh yeah. And alpha male Todd is all talk. He's menacing the girl with the with the saw. Sorry, Casey, we got to talk about the saw face for a second here. <laughs> <laughs> and then the plug comes out, and he goes, and the saw dies before it hits her face. And he goes, oh, oh I got lucky there, huh? And he's loud. He's loud. He's a he's a. He bluff. laughs like a crazy person the yeah. first time I mean, it happens. Well, it's the coke. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole spoonful of coke you put up his head. This is a guy. This is a guy who, as a regular part of his day, drinks pre-workout. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. this dude. So he plugs the saw back in, and he's like zipping it by her face, and he looks to see if it's still plugged in, and doesn't have situational awareness because probably the coke and the saw hits her in the face and rips her top of her scalp and some of her face off yeah she's right and gets gummed up with hair and Mm -hmm. stops it stops working because it gets gunked up with hair it It, almost makes you wonder if it was a power failure or the clogging that stopped the saw it cuts into her like her like cheek cheek bone like the bone there's a name spin? for it. It's not your mastoid process, but it's close to that area. It's the. Oh, uh, this is your zygomatic arch. It's the bone right under your eyeball. I'm tapping it into the mic. Yeah. I <laughs> that. Oh, oh, I yes. know exactly where that is. Based on the sound, I think it was probably his right eye. It was, a good ear. Fantastic. It cuts into that bone. You see some of the bones. Uh, Dude, Nicotero, I just want to I want to just shake his hand because yeah. that hand You do has when made it comes stuff. off and he goes, ah, I got you. <laughs> you show to shake his hand and all the bones crush and they poke out the back and you're like, oh, and you throw up on him and he's like, that's right. That's right. That's it makes Nicotero, you, baby. It makes you kind of forget that the actress portraying that and and makes you think about the character. Yes. 
Yeah. Because it's yeah, like, truly. and maybe that's credit to the actor as well, mm-hmm. but it's so real. Like hiccuping like, <gasps> yeah, oh. it, it, it gets you know what me. That's shock. It's like shock. Yeah. It's called chain stokes respiration. Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Please talk us through that. Chain stokes respiration is a respiratory. It, it actually has a, there's a couple of places where it's, where it, where it can occur. It's a, it's a medical term. It is primarily people who are dying or close to death. It, there's a really specific pattern. I don't remember exactly what it is, but the pattern is essentially rapid breathing followed by long periods with no breath at all. It's uh, it it's basically the breathing pattern that precedes the death rattle before you you do a full exhale and your lungs empty and you die. It's and it's, she was doing that. The pattern the pattern is akin to something like this. Up, yeah, it's creepy bo- as shit. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a body dying. That's Chain Stokes respiration. That's, That's what I say. We have a sale going on, and it's not going to last very long. Yeah, yeah. This is a fuck. Wow. This is a fire yeah. sale. You're on your way. Oh my god, dude. Wow. Yeah, the 20 minutes is the. That's how long she has she's left. To live. Yeah, approximately. Yeah, she took a saw to the face, and it went into her brain a little bit, and she's she, probably on the way. How out. often do you get to process that in a movie? As, just as viewers, even no. a half murdered person, and you get to watch her live through that for 10 15 minutes before she actually dies. They are, and you don't even see her real, you don't even really get to see her death. You get to see it from a TV monitor from inside of a room. Yeah, actually, he steps in front of it before she dies. The death scene doesn't bother me. You know what bothers me is the scene where they're walking around with the with the phone and they're like, We have a special sale, and people are bidding, and that that's all gross. You know, like I'll give you 650 bucks. I'll give you seven hundred bucks. And her original price was almost seventy thousand. Seventy thousand dollars, and but now that she's good, she's got about twenty minutes, and yeah. and she's probably in shock and not aware of what, this is fucked. The reason she's so cheap is she won't realize that she's dying. She won't be able to experience pain. She won't be able to experience fear or terror. She's in shock. She's so it's yeah. yeah. This is just a this is just a living thing that you can make a not living thing yeah. for seven hundred bucks. There's no emotional nuance to it. There's no abstract delectable pain and fear and grief. What did they say? It was special deal or what, exclusive price or what whatever really, it was. What really bugs me about this sequence is we're when they're walking around with the phone and been bidding, she's alone in a room somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remembering that she's still there is what really bothers me about mm-hmm. this scene is because she's chained to a chair and she's dying. No one is guarding her there. She's just in a room alone with a saw blade wound in her face and half her scalp gone as they're trying to right, get, yeah. they're trying to drum Todd. up. a. Yeah. They're trying to drum. Oh, let's, can we talk about Todd real quick? <laughs> no, no, no. Food. Before we get to that, let's, Let's jump to Casey. So mm. what we find out is once Finally. Todd hits her in the face with the saw, he's like, oh, God, uh, she's all dying and shit, man. Uh. <laughs> he alphas out, oh, yeah, basically. He, <laughs> he goes full beta. <laughs> he pieces out of that room, and someone comes up, and he's like, whoa. One of the people who runs the club is like, that dude, she's still alive. You can't leave here without That's part of the contract. You can't you leave until you like, kill her. Yeah. And do you, did you notice that? bailing out he postures alpha he goes yeah. listen bro if you want her fucking dead you go in there and do it yourself i'm done and you got my money i'm paying for this the shit. Fa- yeah, yeah you have the fact that he thinks that he can be tough with these people makes him even more pathetic and in a weird way like i mean all the way through his alpha posturing is hilarious yeah but in this moment it shows you like 
it shows you how brittle that facade is. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, don't realize yeah. how fragile that is until that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed between point A and point C when he when he realizes what he's done and how it affects him. It's the same all the way he's through. He's still the same. He's doing the same stuff. He talks the same way. It's the same body language. Yeah. But he doesn't have that thing that he was. I don't know why I tweeted. Like, I wasn't. <laughs> no, you did. I wasn't, <laughs> you were pinching your nipples, Max. Come on. I meant to to do like I don't know what it would be but like it's that you're starting to become more mean than you it's that thing you know he's talking about the boy who came back from after summer break but like he doesn't have that thing that he's talking about he's still the same man and I think that's an interesting and when he's pushed like hey you have a contract you have to fulfill if you don't there are consequences he doesn't even just like pick up a gun and shoot her from a distance or something he doesn't complete the contract when they give him shit about the contract he still alphas at the guy but you realize what bullshit the alpha the alpha bravado is you're Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you know what's horrible what the most horrible thing about all of this is really quick what makes us lose respect for him as an alpha is he doesn't have murder in him we respect weird, him right? less because that he won't kill an weird. innocent person. But but that that's something that the movie makes you sit with. We, I just don't like him because he's a shit. Obviously, yeah, yeah clearly we don't we don't like we don't like Stewart. None of us aspire to be either of those yeah, people. They, they, they both suck. But in the world of like two douchebags. You do lose respect for Todd because he well, won't I was murder like, somebody. I knew you were full of shit, but now. You're, you turn into dog poop. Talk about con- talk about Max Peterson controversial statements, but there is definitely a moment with Stewart, obviously a dick, obviously a piece of shit. But there's a moment where you, when Stewart gets her back in the chair and resolves to kill her, and when he kills the friend, there is a moment where you're like, shit, Stewart's got some balls. There is yeah. totally a moment. Had some balls. All had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Damn, she's sharp. I'll, I'll I'm going to maybe devil, devil's advocate or something. I think there is a part of our animal brain that believes or knows or thinks or feels that if you have to murder someone, you should be able to do How it. And kill? if you cannot. Because murder yes, is. If a, you have to kill someone. If you have to kill another animal. Yeah. A human animal. Yeah. Well, if we're going to abstract it that far, let's do it that way. Then you should have to do it. You know, like you you have to complete that task. And if you don't, there's an animal part of us that says you are the weak in this pack and we have to it's a thing, push dude. you out. I'll own up to it. I will totally own up to it's it. It's almost like a survivor thing in a way. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a, a there's a, a deep totally... lizard part of my brain that when Stuart is like, I'm gonna kill you, I'm like, okay, Stuart Stuart is the The I, weak one? No, the No, no 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 no. Sorry. Todd. Yes. Yeah, Todd when when Todd bails, you're like, oh you fucking but i mean dude it's an innocent girl but you're like fuck you what the hell and stewart's like i'm gonna kill you you're like okay stewart's in there is totally a lizard part of my brain that makes that flip and i think that this is that's an interesting side effect of this movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it it touches those deep buttons in us you know i think also one interesting part about the flip is that the flip happens when neither of them is in the same room as each other. That's true. Once yeah. they're apart, that's interesting. That's they when it switches. Real, like, oh my God. The music. Can I go? No, I'm sorry, Carl. I, I, the music. <laughs> the music unites them. The music plays while they're together. The second the door closes, the music goes away, and that's when their Silence. dialogue re. re, uh, re uh, they become their individual true selves. 
Yes, yeah. Well, not Stuart not right away. In that role that they no, but, he but right the, away. My, I think so. That's what I my thought is. Is you that think the, so? I think, I think he's playing. I think the simpering thing is part of his fantasy. Yeah, I, I'm on board with you with that. Okay. All right. So now we've discussed the flip, Casey. Why do you disagree with all of us? I see a completely different arc. Talk yes, it, and girl. it's super interesting because as I've been on my self discovery journey the last couple of weeks, I have a very different brain than everyone else. And I, as a logical, mathematical person, watched this film with a bunch of emotionally driven artists. For Casey's journey, go and listen to <laughs> Some of Us, available on iTunes <laughs> and Spotify. <laughs> so you, you guys really pulled on the emotions. You're like, yes, he was into it. He had this like fake facade, and then he lost it. I watched his arc very logically, right? He's the alpha in his household. He Todd. has Todd. Okay. Mm. He has the money. He has the control. He can, he can. I mean, he can't hit a golf ball for shit though. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but then he gets the power of you get the situation. He can hit it straight. Well, he hits it, but we noticed it wasn't a very good hit. No, yeah. it was bad. He chips it, it hard to the right. Like that Whether or not ball. that was a character thing, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that was just the edit room being like, whoa, we can't fucking use that shot you God used. Damn, you, <laughs> you only had that, one cut of that? You God damn. That straight up in the air. It went one foot. <laughs> it chopped straight to the right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst guy. Did you notice it, Carl? No. It's okay, wild. Next time you see it, dude, when he hits that golf ball, it chips like straight to the right. Because he's super excited. I mean, honestly, like, up, man. fuck yeah, that's you what I'm talking about. All these Chinese here. guys are looking at him like, I don't know why we. But part of the facade is living this <laughs> exactly. life within your own. But he's excited because yeah. he gets to level up. Okay. So mm. he's always he's he wants to be that number one. He he gets excited off being that number one right and then he talks about this guy who had something more that he didn't have mm. and he wanted that so he's like this is what i'm gonna do and he was able to bring his weak friend and be like let me show you because i'm gonna be the god i want this next step so he, they go through this they get super excited think about the journey they had to fly like this has all been premeditated right mm. he's been looking for the right girl he finally got the girl he flies over there he's thought about in his head exactly how he wants to do this he's a Look how excited he was. They went into the weapons room. He knew that he he knew that he didn't need anything. They played like I felt like they were playing around with the costumes looking around, but he he already knew exactly what he wanted. He gets into the room. He's been building this up. He knows exactly what he wants to do. And the court comes out and he's like laughing because he's like, of course this is what fucking happened. Like it's fine, whatever. And I thought of it as more like a mantic, like, oh my gosh, it went wrong. Ha ha ha. I'm gonna get it back do you together. Mean manic? Yeah, kind of. Like he something went wrong and he's kind of laughing it off like it didn't happen it's it didn't happen how he wanted it. exactly yeah, there's a flaw so when he's going to do it again he's so worried that his plan is not going to go through that he looks back and checks the court and he hits her and the moment that happens he's pissed because he ruined his perfect plan and now he doesn't even want to go through with it because it's not in his control on the way that he perfectly said it was the perfect happen. premeditated murder that is, i love that read that's, that's and amazing you know what i like about that actually there we were we were kind of like low-key joking throughout the movie that that this is we were, we were saying coke reactions because he does coke mm -hmm. yeah that's coke thinking too when like the the like Think about it. you have the, the high. The second and then like you have the, the plan low. goes awry, you're like fuck this, I'm out because 
Because you don't because you're so amped up, you're just like it's gonna go. You're gonna go A to B to C to D, and if someone tries to be like, we're gonna go to this bar, you're like, fuck you! I said we're going to this bar. When you're super ripped on coke, that's like that's how you think. Yeah, of course, one hundred percent. Rather die than take a step back and make it happen a different way because it was now out of his control and he ruined it. It's actually a really interesting read on that. It is. I, yeah. It's still not how I see it, but I, I can, like I can see it in your way. Yeah. I think you can make that, that works. I think you could works. read it that way. Yeah. How many times? Dude, Carl, we've been doing this show for two years. <laughs> One of my favorite elements of this show is when you and I watch the same exact movie and watch totally, two different yeah. movies. Casey, that's, that's amazing. That yeah. is a really awesome read on that fucking scene. And him puking in the elevators because, oh my God, I almost killed this girl. What kind of person I am? It's like this entire thing that I've built up in my mind. How well shot is that too, mm-hmm. dude? Or he's Talk so about cinematography. Mad. He's him so mad that he's going to throw up. Like, this Stuart. whole thing is fucked. Stuart was freaking out that he didn't have a plan. So when he just went in there, he snapped into this is my wife and this is how it's going to go. It, and he I mean... But he, Damn, but he was Casey, able, good read. He wasn't so into it that he could detach from the situation, walk to the door, look at the second girl, and be like, "Yeah, I got time," and walked away. Killed her. That he wasn't even playing. I came back and said, "Okay, that was fun. Let's keep going." What He's allows? The go with the flow. He's flexible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What allows Stewart to actually go through with it is he just goes with the flow. Todd has such a strict plan that when shit goes even vaguely awry, he falls completely he's apart. He's so rigid mm-hmm. that he snaps. It's mm-hmm. the fragility of toxic masculinity as a... Oh, man, I don't even know if I want to finish uh, this statement. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I'm gonna. Do it. Look, uh, Carl, remember when we did Straw Dogs? Uh-huh. We're talking yeah. about the logic of the film. No, this is a movie we are talking about. All of these people are mm-hmm. still alive. Um, but it's it's the fragility of toxic masculinity as opposed to the more effective the the more effective um casual reaction uh Stuart is actually more like John Wick than Todd is. He can he can react and assimilate new situations and changes in his in his situation better than Todd can. He untied her to see what she would do and to play with it. Mm-hmm. That Todd is, d- keeps her tied up and does not let her. It was uniform react. and premeditated. Okay, now, now what I want to do is I want to, I want to, I want to desperately talk to Eli Roth, but with Casey in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, so, Mister Roth, this is Casey Shivey, and she watched Hostel too. And her first watch, she said some shit that blew my mind. Casey, <laughs> and, <laughs> and go. <laughs> we also hop back for a second to the costumes that the women are put in yeah yeah 100%. and how um it seems to me that todd's woman um todd's victim victim, victim. yes victim is dressed up in a sexually promiscuous sexually empowered if sort of stereotyped way where the wife victim is very powerful very sure of herself and it it sort of seems uh, something that um, Stuart says seems to imply to me that she doesn't want to fuck him, but she might fuck other people. Like she might be cheating on him with somebody else. So it's not that she's not sexual. But oh, it's when not Stuart that says you never fuck me. Right. Yeah. Okay. She's okay. just not sexual with him. Mm, interesting. So there's that sort of weird sexual component for both mm-hmm. of them. 
Speaking of the sexual component between these two men, one of the things I found very interesting in this film is when the pager finally goes off to be like, your your throws her off. Not just that though, because we we slaps her. Well, we yeah. see no no not just that either. We see Todd. Getting, oh, you're talking about the blowjob. Yeah, mm-hmm. we see Todd getting a blowjob. Um, okay, look, we watched Leaving Las Vegas. That's that blowjob is still. So, I mean, both blowjobs are horribly sad. <laughs> I think the Leaving Las Vegas one wins, but this is kind of hot. She's got a good ass. Sorry, I'm just saying. However, we don't see Stuart at all. We see Todd yeah. getting a bl- blowjob from like one of the strippers from the stripper room in yep. the club. Where the fuck is Stuart? Well, that's Stuart is say... utterly absent. He's a non-entity. Todd is running this whole show. You get the sense that Todd's pager went off and he went and got Stuart from wherever the fuck Stuart yeah. was. Because Stuart's just like... Probably in a room by well, himself. Oh, I wonder where Todd's going to come and well, get me so I can get... Like that. Didn't during the dance or the party scene the night before, didn't, didn't the leading actress say to um, Stuart, hey, I think your ready. dinner's table's ready? Which is interesting because she's the... I didn't. Meal. I couldn't tell if the lights were going off on that or not. But were they? No, it wasn't. No. Buzzing. He just has it on him, which yeah. I don't. I don't know why he was holding it out. Or maybe she was like, "Hey, maybe weird, your right? thing's ready. Maybe you should go." It is kind of weird that he even oh, has possible. it on him because she is the her capture would be the only thing that would make it go off, and he's looking at her right now. So why is he fucking with it? But, he, but I the way I read it to because sometimes you have to you have to read some stuff in movies to gloss little bumps. I read it as it's a nervous tick. He's fucking yeah, with it because he's freaked yeah. out. He's got the thing. He's, yeah. um, one of the things, that, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Harvest Dance, the sex of good times. Come uh, on. Come on. So, come on. So come on. because I know I know what happens, it's like I will stick to my festivals at Epcot because going overseas is scary after watching this movie. Uh, our, we, we came up with three rules while we were watching this movie. All three of them are don't go to Slovakia. Don't go to Slovakia. <laughs> um, I actually really like the, like the Harvest Festival. No, I like it quite a bit. One, the this is quite possibly the most alcoholic cider I've ever tasted. That scene is and fucking funny. If the kids funny. made it, you know for sure there's pee in it. <laughs> Which they did. I didn't. think the kids that was bullshit. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. she's bullshit, and they get the girl to drink. But but uh, one of my that's one of my favorite bits of that scene is who 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 but Eli Roth? Well, other than maybe Quentin Tarantino. Would give you a laugh in a movie like this. He gives us a couple. This mm-hmm. is funny. Some chunks of this movie are the funny. dancing, the girl, like the music's all festival. Dude, like, her strip, like, dropping it low, like oh. she's pop locking, dropping to like. She's like, she's the American to like a dulcimer and a bunch of banjos is fucking awesome. She's one hundred percent the American. in that on that dance floor. The scene that made me like guffaw was the beer dumping scene where she dumps a whole An entire <laughs> beer on Stuart's Stuart. leg. It's amazing. It's you know he's like great. squishing around in that shoe for yeah. the rest of the night. Now see this well, is these socks are ruined. This is a missed opportunity on Foley because when Stuart's walking around we should have got clunk 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 that was a mi- <laughs> sorry but like Eli Roth it would have been five out of five but 
you missed Stuart's squishy shoe. 4.99. 4.99. If I were that actress, I would have been like, oh, that's not bothering him. He's a psychopath. Let's get away from that fucker. That's like a pint and a half on his crotch and in his shoe. Maybe that's why she says, maybe your table's ready. Yeah, why is he being so cool about this? I gotta go. You're not even remotely mad. I mean, actually, I like some of the like weird, small, incidental dialogue at their parting when she's like, I I guess I'll see you around. Gotta go check out my friend who's rowing away in a boat with a scary Russian. And he goes, you will. That's the first thing he says. And then he goes, have a good night. Is it Beth? He goes, have a good night, Beth. And she goes, did I tell you my name? I heard your friend use it. That's amazing. No, but he follows it up with something believable. Oh, I heard your friend use it. By the way, I didn't tell you my name. I didn't tell you my name. My name is Stuart. And what's even worse about... Oh, dude. One of the things I love about this harvest scene, the human interaction... Especially with the with the change that we're gonna see between Todd and Stuart at the end of the movie, one of the things I fucking love about this is part of I think part of what makes it work for Stuart is that he knows her a little, that they've had a human interaction. That's why he goes to to have this conversation, mm-hmm. Todd, to make it real. It doesn't work for Todd. Part of it is is his plan. I like I like your read that part of it is goes awry. I think part of it also I still do think that part of it is Todd does not have it that in him but hmm. she's just a she's just meat to Todd and Todd is being pouty and petulant but maybe Todd is also realizing the truly existential horror of what he's doing murder is existentially horrifying but what makes Stuart Stuart genuinely sick and actually this ties into one of Stuart's lines in the car are we sick mm-hmm. you get the sense that ser- uh, Casey, you're a big last podcast listener. Mm-hmm. You get the sense that one of the things that serial killers have to wrestle with, there's a moment, there's an existential moment somewhere either before their first kill or right after their first kill, which is, am I fucked up? Am I right. sick? Mm-hmm. The fact that Stuart asks that and not Todd gives you a little insight. It's fascinating here. because I think part of what gets Stuart off to be crass about it is the fact that she is a person, that she has a father, oh, yeah. that she has a life. That's part of what's making it work for him, and it's dark. He takes it's her so as dark. is in that room. What? He takes her as is. Yes. He doesn't strip her down or anything. Yeah. She's no. as is, strapped to that chair. Yeah. It's. This I also is a think bleak the conversation film. with her is like, Play yeah, dude. For him. It feels it's like, like you know, that. yes, yeah. which feeds the the whole, yes. once he gets into the room, yeah. that's totally him on because he's already been on since the night before. And you see his flexibility in that scene too, where she like calls him out, he, like, "Oh my hey, god!" Wait a second, and he's like, "Whoop, hang on, yeah, I he totally goes with friend. he rolls with it. He takes the he takes the changes, and he's Stewart is extremely disarms. adaptable. Todd yeah. can't deal with shit." If a bump in the road happens, Todd's fucked. But Stuart, dude, did I did I tell you my name? Stuart not only has a lie, but a lie and a cover to gloss the lie. That's oh my god, Casey, way to go, yeah, man! I'm impressed. the way I'm Sound watching this. Claps I'm for Casey. It more and more. Yeah, please, if you could remind me, because I don't remember quite exactly who has the 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 tables of weapons when they go into the room is it todd or stewart uh they both, both, do. Of them both do, do but it, stewart has a huge table full of shit though. it's all power tools they yeah. both have like shitloads of power tools you i think get, it's like a basic them, like the starter setup. kit yeah you get you the think sense so? that like a bunch of power tools is the starter kit i like that there's a chainsaw on the table i don't Yo. know i don't know why it the 
in a weird way, I'm almost surprised that the chainsaw wasn't Todd's choice. I, I understand why they did it from a filmmaking sp- perspective, which is a chainsaw is super loud, so we wouldn't hear Todd's dialogue. And it's an electric and it's saw, big. too, so it's got a very specific squeal to you, it. And you need, the, you need the power cord bit, but, like, the character Todd is a chainsaw guy in my head. Like that alpha male. What is what is Extremely more of a phallic. yeah? What's right. more of a dick than a big chainsaw? But I also see why we didn't jump back to it because one of the most iconic scenes from Hostel One is the leather apron dude with the chainsaw. Right. You know. So, I mean, all right. So let's 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 get our bearings. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna go from here to the end? Is that where we want to go from I think here? Or covered a good portion of or. We yeah. did. We we jumped on a lot of it. We did gloss a lot of the. Uh, actually, John, Casey, you guys were at one, the hot springs that they're at in this movie. That's yeah. one of my favorite shots. In so the movie. so they bounce back and forth. I don't know one of the locations, but one of the one of the two or three that they use is the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. Mm. Wow. And they bounce in and out of Iceland and somewhere I'm assuming is the Czech Republic. I'm not really sure. But like half of the scenes are filmed from the abduction scene for the main actress or at the Blue Lagoon. When she falls asleep and wakes up Casey inside of the hot springs, that is at the Blue Lagoon. I was being it, sassy and I was like, yeah. she falls asleep and I'm like, oh, I've done that. Well, they, 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 <laughs> we literally they both did that. We did that. So it's the bridge. Yeah. She falls asleep and wakes up and realizes no, no one else is there. It throws you a little bit because at the Blue Lagoon on location, there are people who work the Blue Lagoon who are patrolling the inside bridges of the hot spring. They walk around like they're looking for something that's right. Like they're the lifeguards, of course. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. But seeing it here in this movie, it takes on a different light. It takes on a different tombra, if you will. Tombra. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so yeah, let's talk. Uh, you, why don't you guys all talk about the sequence at the Blue Lagoon where all the people vanish? Okay. So I read this as either she takes a quick nap wakes up and everybody's gone or she literally closes her eyes for a second and they do that john wick thing yeah, where they clear it out because everybody works for the guy i think that it's it's, it's very fast when i have because she kisses her on the this is her farewell this is her little i'm gonna kiss you on the shoulder and back away yeah everyone else has already started to leave I think she maybe nods off for a few seconds and wakes up and realizes no one is there. I think it reads as having been a longer period of time, mm-hmm. but the way that we see it it's on short. film is which, like, oh, that's more which short. Which rocks you back a little bit. It, it makes you feel a little bit like you don't know where you it's are. A little you put her, you, we get put in her place a bit because when you it's fall like what's asleep, going on you don't know how it feels like yeah. a second in time but maybe it's been yeah i can personally <laughs> we can personally can attest in the blue lagoon does it feel like a minute or two hours that's incredible it was exactly 46 minutes filmmaking, <laughs> filmmaking is able to put us in that weird place where we don't know how long our eyes have been closed and so yeah it plays into it so applause applause on that it's wonderful about the people leaving because we said okay was it everyone is staged is it everyone got captured? I yeah, got a little bit of like the Kurt Douglas in the game. A mm-hmm. couple people got captured and the rest ran. Or were all of the people there people who were going to be victims and then players. employees? Yeah. You know, who were. From an organization grabbing? standpoint, it seems weird that they would fill an entire space with. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. With actors or victims. It feels like it's like 
something different. Yeah. You know, somewhere down the middle where it so isn't. Ex- seems to me to say that she did fall asleep for a period sure. of that's time. What I, that's what I'm thinking. Left. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. we okay. nodded her from the beginning that she's very like, al- she's alpha in herself where she's mm-hmm. like, I have money. I know who I am. We commented on it last night. She chose to run. She was aware of the situation, mm-hmm. and instead of stopping and screaming or saying, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for coming to help me, here. she knew right away that she had to... to she climbed the wall. And anybody else. Yeah. And Wait a minute. She combat. broke the perimeter and bolted. Yeah. yeah. What? What? Uh, uh, Beth, main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's? Do we know the name of the like more uh, devil may care flirty friend? Um, her name is Whitney. Sexy Girls. Brittany. Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> Whitney. Whitless, and, maybe. Whitney and Beth are female parallels to Todd and Stewart. Oh, and they jerseys. and they end mm. up in the same room with the their their parallel mm-hmm. because Whitney. Whoa. The second Whitney is captured, she starts screaming, crying, begging. However, when Beth wakes up chained to a chair from unconsciousness and Stuart's like, I need to know you're listening, she's listening. She nods. She nods. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. They are, but throughout the movie, Whitney drags Beth along place to place to place. Whitney mm-hmm. runs the show mm-hmm. and Beth kind of is like, oh my God, Whitney again. And she's babysitting. She is the Stuart and Whitney's the Todd. And I didn't realize it. I should have, because it's kind of clear. But I just realized it just this morning. Yeah, me as well. Just now. Did wild. Yeah, the same for me. Did you said it? Yeah. Did anyone? uh, I was upstairs really quick because I I was pissing out like half a fifth of vodka. But did anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody bring up the the idea that possibly everyone of the Blue Lagoon was abducted? Yeah, but I think we rejected it because it seems it seems unlikely, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that I I thought about watching the movie. It was she seems to close her eyes for like a second, and the shot doesn't cut, so it doesn't imply a nap. It's like a five, maybe what five seconds, ten seconds, and everyone's gone. I think it's a. I think it's meant to be ominous, but mm-hmm. not. Can we talk about her escaping the? Sorry, the quote unquote blue lagoon <laughs> when she cl- <laughs> when. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to throw shade at what is otherwise a fantastic hot spring. <laughs> Everybody should go there. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's blue and wonderful. And a lagoon. She climbs the wall of the blue lagoon. I'm sorry, blue lagoon, quote unquote. And she runs across the, the road. And the first thing that she sees, instead of bolting, she sees a car coming her way. And she tries to stop the car. And she goes, hey, please, can you help me? And it's the first time that you really see her get desperate for help is that point. And who rolls up other than the previously unannounced so far in this podcast, <laughs> Bucktooth <laughs> McGee. <laughs> so you guys have to say John and Casey Scheibe's the name. Same time. You have to pick one and you have to pick one. You I'll have to say the same exact okay. time. I'll take John. Okay. You take Casey. I don't have my notebook. So patrons, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Oh, it's been boy. a long day. Uh, hang on, let me. <laughs> Max Peterson, vaguely day drunk, is gonna try and do all the patrons, but we're gonna start with John and Casey, and, and we're gonna do, do it on okay. three, and we're gonna do it on Wait, three lethal, lethal weapon, weapon style. Okay. Yeah, one, two, three, and then go. Then correct, <laughs> <laughs> which is lethal weapon style. So here we go. 
Uh, we would like to thank our patrons. If you had, we did this as, well, no, we haven't because it's still season two. So if you head on over to patreon.com slash quill and film, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M, you can get full length bonus episodes and shout outs on the show, which sound a little something like this. We would love to thank the people who support our show. St- for starters, it's Casey John Shibe. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, thank you so don't, much. Don't it fuck is me so. Up. I'm gonna do it from memory. <laughs> we would like to thank Connor Sweeney, William Rockwood, David Rowney, Sister Sarah Hartley, <laughs> Katie Clark, Kelly and Mike Wagner, uh, 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 Jeffrey T. Morgan, and uh, K. Ram, <laughs> Kevin Ramirez. Okay, now let's think really quick. Did I fucking forget anybody? Yes, you did. Katie Clark? I said Katie Clark. I Daniel Hartel. Daniel Hartel. That is my wife. Daniel, the only reason I, I didn't actually forget you, that was my petty revenge for you not being here because you were over doing Chicago. Daniel <laughs> demands so- quite the presence here on the podcast. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else is going to have to step the fuck up. <laughs> yes. Or she's never going to show up because she's like, wow, if I don't come, they fly people in for this. Right, no shit. <laughs> yeah. They fly people in from New York. Yeah, like Danielle couldn't be here, so John and Casey flew in from New York <laughs> Just Next say, week on the podcast, <laughs> Kevin Ramirez. <laughs> oh my god! All the way from Baltimore. Thank us. Thank we'll get the deep worm for you, Devin. Right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. If you watched Hostel Two and you read it totally different than we did, send us. Drop us a line at measuringflickspodcast at gmail Next week it is Bird's final flick and the final flick of the season. The final flick of season two. Holy shit! It's, she gets to close out the season. Oh my god! Suck it! <laughs> Mega! <laughs> this is wild. Like a crazy honor, wow. honestly, in a weird way. And you, could you, Bird? Do you want to? Let's do this because let's as a gift to our uh, to all of our listeners. Yes, Bird. Why don't you let everyone know what film will be the final film of season two of Measuring Flicks? I think we're going out pretty mm. goddamn strong. Let's Bird, do what it. was your um, second pick? My. Probably favorite Studio Ghibli film, Princess Mononoke. And the first animated film ever covered on Measuring Flicks is Princess Mononoke. Gold. It is. It's absolutely amazing. So we're going to do Princess Mononoke. It will be our first. Mm -hmm. It will be. We've talked about a million of them, but we've never done. And it's a foreign film. We've done a lot. Is this of the first foreign? <laughs> no. no <laughs> so we're doing Princess Mononoke. We have one more shootout. Same, we did like Japanese movies. Yeah. We did a whole bunch of things. And the Quill and Filmies will be, as of right now, tentatively March seventh. March seventh, twenty twenty. We're going to be doing the twenty twenty. Satellite truck will be there. We're going to be shooting it live. We're gonna. It'll, we'll have <laughs> red carpet correspondence. Who are you wearing? Oh, these are uh, who just, are you wearing? Target. Steve. These are just <laughs> boxers. Steve's legs. I, I got this shirt at Walmart. And um, this is a mustard stain. <laughs> it's a little sriracha on my nipple. This is, oh, I, that's did, still good. I did sriracha on my left nipple and mustard on the right. I just wanted to be different. <laughs> so yeah, listeners, thank you all so fucking much for sitting through two and a half, two. Oh my god, almost three on three hostel. hours of hostel two. <laughs> um, we love you all so much. We're exhausted. I got more drinking to do. So good night, all. John and Casey, say good night. Thank you so much. It has for been an absolute pleasure to be uh, to be guest hosting here tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Measuring Flicks. We loved it. It was uh, a good time. Oh my God! Plug your shit. What's yes. where? Uh, uh, Casey, 
Where can the people like check your stuff out? You're you're on a podcast. You do a weekly podcast. I'm on a weekly podcast, so I talk about being very logical, methodical person, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, on some of us on S U M of us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else. Castbox, pretty much anywhere okay. you can get iTunes podcasts. and Spotify. Check yeah. out those two. Yeah. Ignore the aggregators because it doesn't push any numbers to them. So iTunes and Spotify are where you want to go listen to some of us. Uh, and other than that, if you want to follow my weird, crazy life that I'm trying to do right now, I'm at glitterbomb00 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I am at that John Shibe. And if you want to reach out to the podcast in any way, shape, or form, just kidding, just email. You can do email using some of us podcasts, gmail.com, or hashtag some of us podcasts on Twitter. We check it every week before the show. Fucking awesome. I love that people yeah. are doing plugs and stuff. I love it. <laughs> Thank All you right. so much for having us on the podcast, you guys. Anytime. Honestly literally. and truly, anytime you guys are around and we're doing movies that you've seen or even vaguely are aware of, fucking sit down at my <laughs> kitchen table and we'll talk, talk flicks. Um, bye bye, everybody. Let's drink some more. Yay! Yeah.